Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Let's roll. Let's rock and or roll. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat Rage, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I got rolled uh, last night. Sitting alongside the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. What's up, Cam? Hey, buddy. What's happening, man? Yeah, just uh, started off great night. I want to thank uh, Sonny and Taylor for the ticket. That was one of the best surprises I got. The first our taxi cab driver. I don't know. The guy's, uh, where was he from? There, United Arab Emirates. The guy didn't even know how to get to the damn rink, to the, to the arena. We show up there, but perfect time. with Uber, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's the thing. Uber, it's a, it's, it's hit and miss, and it's a lot of miss. Like you get guys who don't even know what the hell's going on. Like they don't even know main streets. Well, the dude really didn't know where the arena was. Yes. He's just going by GPS. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to dude, just take the street. <laughs> yeah, you told here. Him. We'll get there quicker. Make a move on Bay, buddy. Do it. No, he's like, ah, no, no, no. The computer's coming. Pissed off, and I told him, turn on York. <laughs> turn here. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Every time me and Cam get in an Uber, uh, you know, same thing, man. Me and Cam once cut a flight pretty close trying oh, to yeah. get to the airport. There's some kid from, like, Holland or something. Yeah, he was some, some Dutch like, techno guy, you know. He just kind of had his little toque on and listening to his techno <laughs> music and stuff. And, you know, me and Cam really aren't paying attention. Uh, Next thing we know, no, we're on, on, in on Industrial Road. And yeah. it's like, where the hell are you going, buddy? buddy? We, got, we got a flight to Vegas. Like, let's put a move on here. Oh, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. I follow GPS. <laughs> nice guy. Though. He was a nice guy. <laughs> follow GPS. <laughs> We get nice guys. They just uh, have no clue. That's the problem. All right. Uh, so speaking of nice guys, I want to thank uh, everybody. I know I got yep. uh, a lot of people on uh, Twitter today saying uh, they hope I'm all right. I was pretty upset uh, last night after after the Toronto Raptor game. Uh, we had a few too many drinks. And yeah. uh, you know what it's like, Cam. You know, it's just the Pandora's box opens after after a loss like that. It sure does. I wasn't really even that upset about the loss. It's a basketball game. It is what it is. I was, you know, it, it's embarrassing. We'll get to it uh, as, you know, as we go through the show today, talk about the game. But it was more after, a couple hours later yeah. than, you know, the depression kicked in after. Yeah. Went from just not just basketball to like, ah, everything in life sucks. It was also, we were drinking uh, these pop shop cream sodas and uh, vodka. They, I, I think they got like, li- literally we're eating bags of sugar. Like, I, I, like it makes Pepsi look like it doesn't, like it, it's light, like water. Like, I don't know what sugar content is, Marenzi. I drank basically about six gallons of water last night. I was pissing all night long. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it does to your head. It really screws it up. It's not just the hang over the sugar plays with your uh, twisters up there with the you know the me 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 your transistors in your brain i like though that uh our boy sunny vega class yep. act uh, sunny's sunny. great guy sunny a class act uh, comes in and uh comes downtown to check on me today he's like oh man i was worried you heard online after you were very upset uh two in the morning three in the morning uh last night but uh, me and cam we've been through so many of these nights just really another night like when you woke up today, were you worried about me at all? You're like, no, not really. You I know? don't know. I got to be honest with you. Like, I, I know you, and I know it's going to happen, and you're going to be fine. And no, when I start to worry, 
Sonny started the worry around 1 p.m. I worry at 3:59, 4 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. If, if they, if Florio hits the music and you're not in the building, that's when I start to worry because well, I, I know the, I know the scenario. I mean, I'm on social media so much, yeah. so when I'm not on, people start. That's to, the wonder, thing. What the, where is he? What's going on? I know he was upset. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to jump off my balcony Actually, or anything over a basketball game. Compared to nights we <laughs> compared to nights we've been wasted, we didn't lose anything. Like you didn't lose a, we didn't like a computer. Like I did, I usually lose my phone at a big event. I've been through about seven in the last just, year. Just my dignity. Yeah. <laughs> And, and our and, and our wallets and and some paper in our wallets. Well, surprisingly too. enough, yeah, we, we won every other game last night. Yeah, every <laughs> other bet we made last night, we won except for the stupid game we went to. So <laughs> my account actually wasn't as bad. Yeah, me too. It was, I thought I was. I didn't look pick. until about an hour ago. Like I was so. I was scared too. I was just so like ah, whatever. You know, it is what it is. That's what you do. The first thing I do when I roll out of bed, people usually go to like make a coffee or a blender drink. I go to my accounts and look at the damage. And uh, you said it, man. Thank God we went on Nashville and Pittsburgh and all the other stuff because it was uh, minimal damage done. But I went on the money line too, Marenzi. I actually like a stooge. I laid a couple hundred on the minus 250 too. 500, bing, out the door. So you got home all right last night while you took an Uber? Yeah, I don't remember going home. Actually, I don't no. remember the guy. I, I didn't give him a rating. I got some letter from Uber. Where, like it says, your guy is waiting. So I must have been late or stumbled or something. The thing was, I went home and I was so wasted. Portuguese Joe and my girlfriend are watching the game. I went upstairs to pass out. I wake up, my girlfriend's gone. So that's, uh, and I, I go, hey, are you dead upstairs? Whatever. She goes, no. Nah. She goes, you were just so wasted last night and snoring. And she's like, I just, I, I had to jet home. So. She did me a solid, I guess. <laughs> Things happen, Marenzi. Every yeah. time we go out, it's never a smooth one. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we've ever got wasted in, like, one tons of money, found things. Like, it's always just a disaster. Somebody goes missing, fighting, and uh, lost items. Yeah, we're too old for this stuff. We are and, very old, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a busy busy couple of months, yeah. actually, of of events, games, concerts, you know, I play the show Homicide, Travel. road trips. It's just, oh, yeah. You it said it starts it. to catch up. It, it sure bra- does. It breaks you down after a while. You said it, man. You're, you're very close to the, you're the most machine human that I know when it comes down to stuff. But even you, like I could tell you, you, you need to grab some Z's, man. Even machines overheat. Yeah, they do. Machines need to be shut down and rebooted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, though. Oh, man. I'm not, uh, I don't know about you, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be, uh, I won't be drinking for a little while now. Uh, I can tell you well, one thing. I can't make that same claim, but I won't. <laughs> I won't be drinking. I won't be drinking those uh, vodka pop. No, 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 I'm not drinking any more of these creams. So like these sugary, seven, eight percent vodka hybrid drinks. Man, they're they're a nightmare. They're for kids. Like you might as well be doing drugs. It's it's probably worse for you than doing like cocaine. I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking the pop shop vodkas or that. Yep. that if they're strong, I'm not, I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even really all that hungover to be honest. No, you're doing good actually. You surprised? Like usually you do that uh, when I see you. You do the old uh, power nap, the 20 minutes. Oh, I gotta rest my head before the show. Yeah. You just basically just closed it for one second. You're out there doing your thing, man. I'm very impressed. You're back. But uh, I do have a stomach ache. Yeah, that's that's the gut rot. Yeah. That's, trust got, me, I've from got, a man that knows cola, that's gut rot. Yeah, I've got a stomach ache. Of, uh, there, was, there was a lot of alcohol was consumed last night. Yeah. I, and the worst thing is, too, mixing different things, man, from the pop shops to the Smirnoff ices at the game. Great call. Vodka, cranberries, after God knows. I don't even know what we drank after. 
More more of those. Yeah, beers, whatever, a couple shots. Yeah, I don't even yeah, – you said it. We were drinking – because I remember I bought you the Smirnoff at the game and the double vodka. I was smashing those beers. Like, I don't know. Beer's not even an alcoholic drink to me anymore. I gotta be honest. Like beer's actually kind of something I, I you could do when you're slowing down. That's casual. Yeah, beer. Beer's uh, beer, yeah. man. Like yeah, I was beer. drinking beers last night. I wasn't too wasted. It was when I got into these uh, the Schmiernoffs and the and the vodka I told, sugar. I told you we story were before my buddy went fishing with Brian Burke. Oh yeah, Brian Burke could drink. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he loosens the tie. Get get on the boat. Yeah, Burke brought his own 2-4, so he oh, had yeah. 24 beers for a couple <laughs> hours fishing. So Burke pounced back to 24 on his own, and uh, they get back after to the cottage. And Burke says, all right, everybody, get cleaned up. And uh, he goes, uh, we'll go to the bar and have some drinks. <laughs> and my buddy's not a big drinker, actually. And he said to Burke, he's like, uh, he goes, go have some drinks. He goes, dude, we just, we just you know, we've been drinking all day. <laughs> And Brian Burke told him, uh, no, we haven't. And uh, same thing. He told him, drinking beer is not drinking. I agree with Brian Burke. Yeah, Brian Brian Burke was like, <laughs> drinking whiskey is drinking. That's true. If you're drinking beer, yeah. you're not. that's not really yeah. drinking. That's yeah. like, you know. Beer's not real. Yeah, like no. having a Pepsi. You said it, buddy. Like, that's the thing. Like, notice how I was, like, just crushing beers last night. Ha, <laughs> ha. Everything's the same. Everything went twisted with the, when vodka and sugar get involved. Yeah. Sonny that's Vega, the, class out. Sonny, yeah. He's, he hits Taylor, Taylor Stevens uh, as well. And uh, I want to apologize to Taylor. I believe she got caught in the crossfire. I don't even, uh, I don't really recall uh, throwing a vacuum cleaner last night. <laughs> It is a little vacuum, though. I will say that's more like a dust buster. Yeah, I shouldn't be tossing vacuum. No, you shouldn't be tossing vacuum cleaners. But it's it's very small, as I stated. It's not a dust buster. I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember throwing a vacuum. I I don't remember how I got home, Gabe. uh, Like I don't remember meeting the Uber driver, talking to him. Like I don't know, like what happened. I I don't that whole like from leaving your place to like. Ten in the morning is erased. It's a bl- it's a black spot. Like there's nothing there. I don't know. And I got to be honest with you. I'm getting sick and tired of like when I'm drinking, having these like spells where I don't remember half days and stuff like that. Like remember in Vegas, I got lost. I didn't know if I was uh, slept in the parking lot of Circus Circus, and I can drink, right? Like I I made it back, but I, I'm just I don't remember how things are happening. It's a problem. I feel like uh, my brain cells are dying at a rapid pace, Morenzi. I think it's, uh, I have the same issue, Cam. Yeah. Like, I, I sit, you know what, I actually do. I'm not, I didn't really black out because we came, I, we came right yeah. back to my place after the game. Mm-hmm. So there's not really much to black out from. I was here. But I don't remember throwing a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, see, you're you're missing yeah. parts of the night. That's exactly. what I'm talking about. They're missing it. Like it's I'm a twelve, like it's a twelve part play and we're, I only you know got seven crazy, though, right man. now. That freaks some people out, right, when they can't remember. Like, oh, I don't know. And it's, it scares them and stuff. But I never remember anything. Me neither. And it's working for us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're here at four o'clock. Like, <laughs> we're on honestly, air. like, uh, I am that guy too, Kim. Like, yeah. same thing. Like, in Vegas and these places, like, I have no idea how I got somewhere, what happened. I'll usually remember up to about 2 a.m. or so. And then after that, it's like, I have no clue. I have a buddy, <laughs> Rob, I have a buddy, Rob G. He used to drink to like whatever and fall asleep on toilets. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he was so wasted, he could just be, like, on the can. And then you're like, Rob, oh, he's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he's done. He, the, the toilet is his, th- like, he, his throne is his bed. I don't know. I don't understand it. But at least we didn't do that, Marenzi. We made it back. Yeah. So, um, as we stated, we appreciate the concern, but uh, we're alive. Are we well? No. no uh, alive no, and well? No, no but uh, we're, we're here. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We're here. We'll and, college um, try. I actually, I'm not quite as depressed right now about the Toronto Raptors as I was last night, but 
But you know, I love that team from the bottom of my heart. And watching them roll over and get punked in the second half like that was it was hard to watch. It's hard to watch, and it's accumulation of things. Uh, basically, how many years have they been in the league now? Twenty-two years. Yep. This even goes back to the Vince Carter days, dude. They had Oakley and Vince Carter and Antonio Davis. Like you said last night, Cam, they just can't win. Like They, they can't just, get – this is as far as they can get. They're a second – they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, Finals once. That's as good as it gets. But the way they're going down, like they blow a massive lead in game one. Last night, they're playing well. They can go back to Cleveland tied at one. And in the second half – like, they could, I've uh, never seen a team show as little fight as this team in the second half last not, night. Not just little fight. All the things that they did, the work. Remember, they were going inside to Valanchunas. They were they had plays. The guys they were setting up guys for dunks. Do you guys watch? We're in the third quarter. I'm just watching them try to hit 23 foot shots like brick, 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 brick. Then LeBron starts doing his circus act where he it's everything fading this way, that way, and then we just watch the lead. Three, seven, eleven, thirty. We're sitting there going, we're down thirteen in this game. We were just leading this game. It was unbelievable stuff. But hey, man, what can you say about the Raptors? Third, uh, how are they going to win it in Cleveland with with that guy? Too? And I see I, the point spread, and the point spread shocks me. Just I, I was going to play spread. the I was going to play the game. What yeah, would you have made the line? I don't know. Like Cleveland, Cleveland minus nine. I would make Cleveland seven and a half. Well, how can the Toronto Raptors be favored by seven at home, and then the Cavaliers wouldn't be favored at seven at exactly. home? Exactly. You know, I, dude, I'm a Raptor fan. So what am I going to take Cleveland tomorrow? But no, you're the not. The Cleveland Cavaliers are minus four and a half. <laughs> minus 200 on Cleveland in a parlay sounds like uh, something that a lot of people are going to be doing. The Raptors are getting swept. I got one. That, I got one that's yeah. they're going to get oh, swept. They, they definitely they're, no, they're going to get swept. And Demar Derozan, uh, you know, I, I read, I see, I saw a couple of quotes earlier this morning. I just wanted to see what are they actually saying? What are the players saying about this? And Demar Derozan said, you know, we're down 0-2. We're going to Cleveland, and now, we're, you know, these times like this, you find out what uh, what kind of character you have. No, dude. Like, last night was times like this. You <laughs> exactly. have, like, what, what kind of character Don't you wait have. till you're down two to nothing game one, there. Game one on Tuesday was the type of time you prove a type of character you guys have, and it's pretty clear. You don't have any character. Your character is weak. You said it, man. That game one, two, now with, with all those guys missing, that loss is so magnificent. They're not a young team. No, they're not. You they know, they have the been in the league for, what, six years yeah. now? Seven years? They six got a, years? Yeah, their second strings got Kyle rookies. Lowry's been in the league. Kyle Lowry's like 32 years old, I know. 33 years old. Like, at what point? It does it change? It doesn't. Valanciunas has been around a while. Serge Ibaka is just giving us absolutely nothing. He's been watching Serge Ibaka play is like taking years off our life. The guy looks slow. He's not even blocking anybody. He takes horrible, shitty shots from like, like not even close. Yeah, you, you said it, man. I don't know what's up with this guy, but uh, when he was with Oklahoma City, he was a damn dominant player. We get this guy. He's, uh, he looks like he does goods. He looks bad, Gabe. Like real. Like you, you watched it even last night, just lumbering and not even there. Like too slow, not re, like not reacting to anything. Like I was watching it, watching him live. It's even it's brutal. Like on TV is one thing. Watching this guy live is a train wreck. But anyway, we'll talk. I, I want to play a game with you. This is the craziest thing. So the Boston Celtics, who have big, big kahunas. You want to a team with big nuts. These guys are up 2 nothing, And we were on the Celtics last yeah, night. Yeah, we were. They saved. They, yeah. saved. they said pretty much what. Yeah. We, every other pick we had won. Yeah, exactly. Take a, you think the Cleveland Cavaliers spread at minus 4.5 is shocking? The Philadelphia 76ers are laying 9, 9, 
nine points at home to Boston. Like I'm, I've already before we even started Red Heat and Rage GTD Radio. I, I already hit Boston plus nine. I don't care if Philadelphia wins by sixteen. That is a horrible number, Gabe. Can you believe that? What would you have made that number? Philly four. Yeah, Philly. Yeah, yeah. Philly four. Philly four seems like a four and a half. Four, four, four and a half. Nine. Well, nine. It's our opportunity it to, to bet it. Hey, Tony told us if you're not a Raptor fan, like they were giving away money with Cleveland, oh, being God. seven point dogs in both of these games. Like we're we're so stupid. We, we like the Raptors. We're hurting like ourselves. Every other person who didn't like the Raptors is going. Vegas is giving us money. It's wow, insane. this is amazing. They're giving money. Away. They are actually like yes. Here's your envelope. And sir. now you've got Cleveland only minus four and a half. I'll tell you what will happen. Toronto will come out to play well for the first six, seven minutes yep. tomorrow. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll be competing. They'll battle. Right. Right. The first quarter play might be something to look at, but as the game progresses, yeah, you know the apart. third and fourth are done. They'll fall apart. Basically, when Cleveland turns it up a notch, the Raptors don't have another level yep. to go to. You are correct. And this has been a problem for the Raptors for the last couple of years, actually, in which they are such a good regular season team, but – they're playing in a regular season at their highest level. Other teams and championship caliber teams are raising the level in the playoffs. Like, all right, we're going to do even more. We're trying a little harder. Harder. We're going to get a little smarter. The Raptors are already at that level. Their regular season, they're great. You know, they win 56 games. every. They're prepared every night. They try hard every night. But they don't have another level. Yep. They get to a point, and then it's just all negative after that. I, I don't it's know. It's depressing, man. It, it actually really is. And watching LeBron do what he did and taunting with those trick shots made it even more of a kick in the nuts. This guy, is laugh- he was laughing at them last night. He laughing at them. We can't blame the referees. In the first half, they were bad, the but not in the bad, second. But no, you're right. The Raptors have brought all this upon themselves. They have. And uh, now they're going to get swept. Steve Merrill's going to step up and we got Babano. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Matt Harvey designated for assignment. See ya. After declining a uh, a trip to the minor leagues. Should have gone to go to the minors. This has escalated quickly. <laughs> uh, with the uh, New York Mets. Scott Engel, the king. Scott Engel uh, will join us in about 20 minutes, actually, to give us his thoughts on, uh, on uh, Matt Harvey. And uh, Scott and uh, Cam can... Uh, 
talk about the Seahawks talk, draft. Talk about the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> See if uh, he dislikes the draft as much as uh, you did. Yeah, I think he will. I, I think and he's Mark very Lawrence. disappointed. Yeah, Mark Lawrence, too. He gave them an F. Yeah, the Mark, coffee club said Seattle sucked. Yeah, Mark Lawrence didn't like the uh, the draft. He wasn't a fan <laughs> of trading up uh, to get, draft a punter. He ripped, yeah, and he ripped KC, too. I think he said that the Chiefs next to the Seahawks. He didn't like their draft. All right, let's bring in uh, Steve Merrill uh, right now. Who probably wasn't as dumb as us to uh, to take the Toronto Raptors oh, uh, last night? Uh, Steve Merrill joins us. What's up, Steve? <laughs> I was all over the Raptors, man. Lost with them in Game One. Had to lose with them in Game Two. Fourteen. In fact, you did, I'm, huh? three times. I'm I'm fourteen and three in all other games when I didn't lose with the Raptors in the playoffs. Fourteen and six overall, huh? and three of those, three of those losses have been the Raptors and, and a push. So, fourteen and six yep. overall, and. I think I won with them. So one, three, and one with the Raptors in those in five of them. Crazy. And so you're not even a Raptor fan. <laughs> you must, no. you must, like, you must they, hate these guys. Start hate them. Like they really, it's almost like watching the Washington Capitals, Steve. Like there's certain franchises, yep. and I happen to be a fan of a couple of them: the Buffalo Bills, you know, the Washington Capitals, the Washington Nationals, etc. There are some teams, and the Toronto Raptors are just one of those teams, yep. Steve. They just. They just can't freaking win in the playoffs. They just don't. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter whether they're at home, whether they're on the road. They'll find a way to lose. It's amazing. You know what? It's a really, I really do think the similarities between the Capitals and the Raptors are legit, though, because if you look at where they are in the stage of their franchise, it's very similar to when I was following the Capitals in the late 80s and the 90s. This was, you know, an expansion. The Capitals were an expansion team like in 73. You know, about 15, 20 years later, they're always one of the top, you know, three or four seeds in the playoffs every year, but never better. And then um, the Raptors have been doing that. Now they're finally a one seed, but they've never been to a title game. They were an expansion team a couple decades ago. And I really feel like they're in that same set now where they're going to probably have to do something different because I just don't see them breaking any higher. They're kind of at that glass ceiling now, it looks like. Yeah, I don't remember, though, Steve, any Capitals player when you're on the verge of going to the NBA final goes to his damn school to pick a diploma up and stay, instead of playing in a game seven against the Sixers. Sorry, Vince Carter. We like the dunks, but who the – you know what? You can mail get the diploma in the mail. You actually hang out your team to dry. They lose that game to Allen Iverson, and it's never been the same. So, Steve, you fell forward in game one, and as did we. I was more money yep. line. I laid the points in game one. Last night, and like you said, too, man, me and Cam crushed it. We had the Penguins. Every game but that with game. With the Nashville Predators, the Boston Celtics. So, it, you know, I didn't end up losing a ton at the at the window or anything like that. But frustrating from a fan standpoint. Yet, you look in game one, Steve, they were covering. The Raptors were covering. And they could have covered. And they, yeah. they fall apart. And it felt as if, though, last night, all right, they're going to bounce back. And it's amazing in hindsight, isn't it, that they, they made the Raptors seven-point favorites two nights in a row, six and a half and seven. And now, Steve, the Cleveland Cavaliers are only four, four and a half, half tomorrow. Like, what's up with this? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, most people want nothing to do with Toronto tomorrow in game three, and that's usually when you do want to step in. I mean, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the Raptors right now. It's not like, you know, Kyrie Irving is out, Haywood's out for the Celtics. I mean, that's amazing what Boston's doing, by the way. But Toronto's still the number one seed. They've got their entire team intact for the most part. I mean, it's not like anything has changed. Yes, Cleveland has LeBron, but this is still a Cleveland Cavalier team that was maybe one of the biggest money burners in recent history in the NBA this year against the spread. And now they're laying four and a half, a lot different than catching seven in the first two games. And yes, the venue is switching, but if anything, that might be good for Toronto to get out of town, you know, go on the road for a change and be an underdog. Yeah, you said it, though, Steve. The one time is when everybody dives off. That's usually the time to dive on, but it's hard to do when we watch this team collapse. I can't believe the spread in the other game. I was just telling Gabe, 
Philadelphia, you lose to Boston both games. Boston showing big guts right now. Nine. Philadelphia minus nine, Steve. That's I've already I've already clicked I on Boston. I, I, I think either. that line is four four and a half points too high. What do you think there, Steve? Well, I mean, the line that was definitely off in hindsight was games one and two as they were a four-and-a-half-point home underdog. That would translate to about ten-and-a-half on the road. So you could actually say this line is cheaper than it's been the last two games. But, of course, those lines weren't accurate as well. Uh, This would translate, if you just roughly do three points each way, this would be like the Celtics being a three-point home dog instead of a four-and-a-half because now they're plus nine on the road. I do think Philadelphia wins this game. I agree, though, it's very difficult to lay this many points. First of all, with the young and inexperienced team. And second of all, the Celtics or a well-coached defensive underdog. You know, look at what Brad Stevens did back in the day at Butler in the NCAA tournament those two years when he made the finals. He's now doing it with a shorthanded Celtics team who's without their best player, um, but they're still the best defensive team remaining in the playoffs. Just tough to make a real power rating on Boston right now. It's hard to know what the line really should be. Looks inflated to me as well, but I do think Philadelphia comes with a good effort. Keep in mind, Sixers had a 22-point lead last night in Game 2. Now, I know they blew it, they blew it, but they still led by 22 on the road. They were ice cold from three-point range in Game 1. That was really the difference in that one. Um, so I still think they're the better team. I, we'll just see if they can turn things around or not. Nine is a big number. The thing I like about Boston, too, when we took, compare them to the Raptors, attitude. Like Terry Rozier. Oh, yeah, they're like fighters. they're mean. They're, yeah. Like they're grown men. Like the Raptors, I hate to say it, they're nice guys. They're like, like, right. like they're, they're almost part of our sales team. Hey, guys, how you doing? Like, nice. They don't have the angry killer instinct, and that's a big problem in the playoffs. Uh, Warriors and Pelicans uh, tonight. Um, Warriors Ooh. are laying at even five on the road uh, here, Steve, yeah. and that's what they lost. Uh, uh, that's what they lost uh, by in game two, 121-116. Uh, game... Um, Game goes over the number 123-101 in game one. The total was 223 and a half. It went over by half a point wow. in game one. What do you make of a tonight? The total is all the way up to 233 tonight, guys. That's freaking high. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we've seen so far in this first two games is that New Orleans could not slow down Golden State's offense, and now Curry's back in the lineup as well. Um, 244 points for the first two games for the Warriors. New Orleans was in a good bounce-back spot in Game 2, just like the Jazz were against the Rockets. Um, I stayed off that game. I had a strong best bet on the Jazz in Game 2. I didn't necessarily expect them to win outright as an 11-point dog, but it didn't surprise me. I stayed off the Pelicans, though, just because I wasn't sure you know, how Curry returning would affect Golden State. I thought maybe they wouldn't have that letdown that you would normally expect after an easy win. Um, now New Orleans is back at home. My power ratings make this game four. The current line, as you said, is five. So I do think it's a bit inflated, uh, but it does look like Golden State's the much better team. Hey, Steve, what do you think Houston and uh, Utah? We talked about it. Donovan Mitchell and J- the Jazz outright. That was absolutely huge. you got to love this team. I love their spark. It's but, a tricky uh, game to bet on this one. It's a very tricky game to bet on. I always like to take home points, but you know the Rockets could go in there and annihilate them. Any opinion on this one, Steve? Total in this game, too, 209 and a half. Yeah, you know, as I mentioned, I really liked Utah in game two. I thought it was a strong bounce-back spot. I thought Houston would be a little bit flat, and that's why the Jazz won outright as an 11-point dog. So you basically had Houston in a bad spot laying 11 points in game two. You've now got them in a good spot laying just four and a half points in game three. So I know it's on the road. I know it's in the altitude. But I think you can make an argument, guys, that the altitude is less of an advantage in the playoffs because the travel factor is negated. Everyone's on the same schedule. Everyone is rested for every game. Um, And normally the home court is worth more in the playoffs. I think Utah could be that one team out of all of them where they actually have less of a home court advantage in the postseason than the regular season. Um, So you are getting the Rockets at a discounted price tonight in what's probably a better situational spot than it was in game two when they were laying 11 points. You know, the Rockets actually, 
you know, we could talk about the Toronto Raptors uh, imploding all we yeah. want, but I get the feeling the Rockets could employ to, uh, implode Implode as well. Yep. They had a great regular season, yet when you really break it down, who do they really have? Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got Chris Paul and Harden. Harden. And they've got, you know, they're, they might be like the, the Raptors, sort of regular season Warriors, uh, so to speak. I, you know, speaking of the Warriors, I think the Warriors are, are winning the West. I always thought that. Yeah. There was, you know, there was a brief instance where they were so beat up, you had to wonder if they were going to get back on track. But we're seeing that they are. They're coming together. I think the fact that the Warriors had so many injuries, actually, probably it helped them with all the other guys that are getting playing yeah, time. It's a now. blessing in disguise, yep. like you said. The young guys got to play, and guys are sort of refreshed. They're For not, sure as, they they're not as tired and beaten down and worn out uh, as they would be. Um, all right, uh, Steve. So let's talk some uh, NASCAR. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to Dover, and when you talk about uh, Dover, you got to talk about JJ and Jimmy Johnson, an eleven-time winner here. Yeah, and we've talked about him a lot the last couple of years, saying how he's been on his decline. And last year, he was really probably lucky to even make the chase. He got one fortunate win, but guess what? He got a win at Dover, and he was third in the fall race. He also won the spring race um, back in fifteen. So he's won two of the last three spring races here. He finished third also in the fall last year. He was second fastest today in the first practice session. So I think if there is a week in which you can probably use Johnson in your lineup, this might be it. And keep in mind, this technically is a short to track. You know, Mar- yeah, and that's the thing. Martinsville, you know, Bristol, and Richmond are the only short tracks, but Dover's a mile. So this is pretty close. And as we see with the big tracks and the really little tracks, all this horsepower and the Gibbs advantage and the Ford advantages have been less, you know, impactful. So I think the Chevy like Johnson might have more of a chance this week. Steve, I was reading a story there coming in. They talked to Jimmy Johnson's four-year-old daughter. She goes, who's your favorite driver? Chase Elliott, not my dad. Like It was, it was like kind of crazy there. Big fan of Chase Elliott. And this guy, top five at Dover. I think he's got to be uh, worth uh, putting on your betting slip and in fantasy. This guy's got a nice track record here. Yeah, and he was the one guy last week at Talladega, the non-Ford that was in the top five, and he was really frustrated after the race. He basically said those guys weren't trying to win. They were all just kind of staying in line and letting the manufacturer get the win. Um, he's had a ton of second places. What is it, like nine now, I think, without a win? Um, so there's no question he's due and he's capable. And you're right, Cam, this has maybe been his best track overall. He's been top three in three of the four last four races here, and he was fifth in the other one. So this guy, um, along with his teammate, as you said, Jimmy Johnson, uh, they seem to have figured out this track. Uh, looking at the odds, it's amazing that you see Jimmy Johnson with a 22 to one next to him at um, at uh, at Dover, but it is what it is. I think there's some value there. But look at the numbers: Kevin Harvick plus 275, Kyle Busch is plus 350, uh, Martin Truex Jr. plus 450, Kyle Larson plus 900, Brad Keselowski is uh, 10 to one, Chase Elliott is 10 to one, Joey Logano, Steve, our boy Logano finally gets a win. Yeah, Logano's been probably as good as any driver overall this year. He has been top six in almost half the races overall, different tracks. However, he has not been very good at Dover. He only has one finish better than 10th in the last six races here. Um, so maybe a little letdown also after that win after a full year without having one. And keep in mind, he won in Richmond last year, and it didn't count. He didn't make the chase because of it. Um, so I would think he'd be a little cautious at this point now that he's locked in. Um, one guy I want to mention, though, is Martin Truex Jr. The best driver by far last season has been very yep. good on this track. He was a top four in each of the last three races here. That's what I was going to say. I was like, Truex has got wicked numbers, but plus 450, it's hard to take there. Any uh, underdogs that uh, have, have caught your eye there, Steve? Anybody with a little bit uh, of value that may could throw in maybe a, a DFS lineup? Yeah, one guy that was very good at this track last year that didn't do much elsewhere is Daniel Suarez. And keep in mind, he's on that Gibbs team, which, you know, with Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin have dominated the last year or so. 
And uh, both Hamlin and Kyle Busch have been solid on this track. So I think Suarez, 7,100 on the price list um, with a sixth and eighth place finish last year uh, t- could definitely be worth a look. We know he has the team and the horsepower to do it, and it appears he's comfortable on this track. Once again, it's a smaller track. It's a one-mile track. It's a concrete oval, and he's been DC you know, on the road stuff in the past, and I think this translates to that for him. He's yeah. 100 to 1. Yeah, wow. No, because I was doing some stuff. Gabriel yeah, Suarez, 100 to 1, Cam. Amazing. No, yeah, it said average finish racing position, too, at this track. You got Jimmy Johnson, 7.71. Chase Elliott's in second. Kyle Busch is third. And uh, Suarez is fifth on that list. So you're getting a guy that actually performs well there at 100 to 1. Seems absolutely nuts. Yeah, and he's in good current form, by the way. 10th at Talladega, 10th at Richmond, and 11th at Bristol. So he was 10th and 11th at Bristol and Richmond, which are short tracks as well. He was in my lineup uh, nice. last week, uh, actually. Sounds like a good lineup, buddy. You got to put him in. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse is 150 to one. Uh, Stenhouse is a plate uh, plate racer, but uh, yeah, so he's he's 150 to one. Our boy uh, Steve Paul Menard, 250 to one. Man, some big numbers this week on these guys. <laughs> and, and fastest in the first practice today, guys. Fastest overall was Paul Menard, but he has not been very good on this track. Um, 22nd or worse since the last three races, which is a concern. But he was fast in practice. I was going to ask you, Steve, uh, do you guys, uh, I was going to throw it out there to Marantzi, we haven't really talked about horses. i just like to ask somebody, do you got a horse guy or do you got any picks for the, uh, the Derby as well? Because I'm looking to make some money after this uh, Raptors debacle. Got to get some back. Yeah, I definitely outsource that. I've got some horse guys, and I'll definitely have some stuff tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I, I don't spend the daily on it like these guys do. And, you know, for these three Triple Crown races, um, I do think there's value because so much public money gets involved. Um, so, yeah, I'll be dipping my toe in the water tomorrow, but I'll be going with some uh, expert inside advice from Vegas. Just uh, too much to follow on a daily basis. Yeah, the Kentucky Derby is like amateur night at the Apollo. Yeah. Everybody comes out and starts it's, betting on it, right? It's so true. Who's your guy again? You still with Audible? Or, Audible. Uh, yeah, Magnum Moon. I'm sticking so, with Audible. Yeah, I'm sticking with Magnum Moon, too. Don't Com- want to change your Coming picks. out of the five hole. For the record, uh, uh, Steve, interesting tidbit. No horse from the 17 post has ever won the Kentucky Derby. Well, but the most profitable profitable posts in the Kentucky Derby are 5, 10, and 13. 5, 10, and 13 if you just uh, if you're just go on by post position. Yeah, 5 and 10, top well, in the money yeah. a lot, baby. All yeah, right, Steve, so before we get you out of here. With that many horses, I would think. You definitely don't want to be on the inside or, like 18, no. 20 horses crushing you. Or 20. Like, that's the thing. You yeah. don't want to be on right. the ends in the auxiliary gate either. So before we get you out of here, uh, Steve, Major League uh, Baseball uh, it's the weekend, so we got some new uh, fresh matchups. Uh, Scott Engel's going to join us in a couple of minutes. The Mets have uh, designated Matt Harvey for assignment. Uh, he refused to go to the minor leagues. Uh, they're hosting Colorado uh, tonight. Um, what are you looking at tonight in Major League Baseball, Steve? Well, I think the Mets are an interesting team because when I did some preview shows at the beginning of the year, you know, basically everyone said it's just the Nationals and nothing else in this division. And I kept saying, you know, well, I don't necessarily like the Mets, but their pitching is very attractive, and that's without thinking Harvey is going to be as bad as he's been. Um, Their offense has just been so bad the last couple years, they couldn't really do anything. They've been mediocre here recently, a 231 team batting average, but, you know, they're still finding a way to win games, 17-12 overall. They definitely have cooled off recently. They're losing four of their last five, six of their last nine. Um, I think the Rockies could be worth a look here, and I think fading the Mets here in the next couple weeks could maybe be the play as well. My boy Billy the Doorman has uh, the Mets in the division over Washington. Likes them a lot more, Gabe. You know, talk about other teams that choke. The Nationals high on the choke list. Yeah, they're they're stumbling out of the gate uh, this year. They're weird. They're a weird baseball team. When you need them, they don't come through. They don't score many runs. Like it's, it's I don't know, man. The Nationals is a favorite. No thanks. But they are chipping away now. They're yeah. sixteen and sixteen. The Nationals yeah. minus uh, five seventy five. 
uh, on on the uh, the money lines this year, your units, if you're betting 100 a game. Los Angeles Dodgers, Steve, just continue to be massive money burners. It's amazing. Uh, you're, you're down $1,524 betting on every Dodger game. <laughs> Already. Yeah, yeah, I remember last the year. The Dodgers and the Reds. And they won like 38 out of 42 at some point last year when we were talking about them. And so, yeah, it's, it's funny how that stuff comes back. But it just once again shows you don't try to catch a falling knife. You know, when the Dodgers were winning 30-some games out of 40, you didn't start to fade them. Now they're turning. The Nationals are turning as well. But it looks like the Nationals could be heating up, as you said. Five straight wins. Phillies have lost four straight. Uh, so I do think yeah. the Nationals are still the best team in that division. They'll probably turn it on. It looks like maybe they're doing so. Yeah, and if you're watching, that's the thing. It's the division itself you're playing in. Yeah. Philadelphia, still a young uh, baseball team. Uh, the Mets are starting to slip, and the Braves have been way overly achieving so far. Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com, one of the covers experts. Always a pleasure, Steve. Thanks, guys. Steve Merrill. Scott Engel. We got Tony Sincata. We got Babano. It's a full house today. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. What a beatdown. Oh, I know. (laughs) I remember we used to party like this. I worked at a golf club, and Sonny Vega could attest to my sweat. Like, I really can sweat with the best of them, especially on a hot summer. I used to carry four golf bags, like, rolling them up hills and laughing. Ah, let's do another shot. Now, I feel old. Just too old. Oh, no, I I can't. I roll it about. Oh, my back hurts. I got to make some serious changes to my life. You said it, man. My gut's rotting. Like, I can't wear a shirt. We'll get to that after. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. I got one dress shirt. It's got about a 10-inch rip in the arm now. Great. That's fun. (laughs) I got got a DraftKings shirt. My dress shirt's got a hole in the sleeve. And I got no money. Well, anyway, it's Friday. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, let's party. Let's bring in the king. The king. A colleague hello, and, a, hello. and a friend. The king. Scott Angle steps up and in. Good to be on with you. Thanks. Hey, good to have you back on a Friday. We miss our NASCAR hits. We just did a little NASCAR talk with Steve Merrill. Uh, Steve's in Virginia, so he's a big uh, he's a big uh, NASCAR guy. Uh, who do you like this week? Just quickly on a NASCAR, we'll get to Matt uh, Matt Harvey. If you take a look at the race, do you like anybody this week? I was bringing it up. Jimmy Johnson has won 11 times yep. here, and people have sort of given up on Jimmy. And I remember in the old days, Scott, Jimmy Johnson would be like plus 275, plus 250. Now Kevin Harvick's the big favorite. Jimmy Johnson, 22 to 1. Nuts. And uh, he crushed it at practice earlier in the day. As a betting man, I can't pass that up a little bit. And he won last year here, too. So I'm going to take a shot with Jimmy this week at 22 to 1. Yeah, if I were a betting man, I wouldn't go with Jimmy Johnson, actually. I would probably go with Harvick. Jimmy Johnson's just not, hasn't hit that groove yet this year. I think in addition to historical perspectives, you also have to look at recent trends. And Jimmy's coming on a little bit, but not enough for me to think that he's going to win. All right, so Matt Harvey, designated for assignment. And 
You know the gif out there, like uh, from Anchorman, Will Ferrell. Boy, that escalated uh, quickly. <laughs> um, this, this is where we have here. I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not a uh, I'm not a relief pitcher, and now he's not a pitcher, any starting pitcher or relief pitcher for the New York Mets. Uh, does this surprise you that it escalated so quickly like this? Not really, uh, Gabe. I'm out every homestand covering the Mets at City Field for the Fantasy Sports Network. And, you know, the feeling that I got in spring training is that Matt Harvey needed to drop the Dark Knight attitude because he didn't have Dark Knight stuff anymore. His fastball has lost about four miles an hour in slider, which used to be a wipeout pitch when he was in 2013, when he was starting in the All-Star game in 2015, when he was in the World Series, has lost about another two miles an hour. So he needed to have that mentality that, okay, I'm not this superhero guy anymore. Yeah, I'm not the you know the center the center of New York when I'm on the mound, but I still have pretty good stuff to have a major league pitcher. And if he made that adjustment, and a lot of Mets insiders that I spoke to felt this way too, that he would be okay, that he had to remake himself. But I think you know, Matt Harvey is a guy who loves being a superstar. Uh, unless you're like a major, major media type, you don't even get to talk to him. You know, he just has a certain way of strutting around the clubhouse and carrying himself and wanting to be a superstar, etc. And, you know, I think I think asking him to accept, uh, to designate for assignment, it's... You refuse. That's who Matt Harvey is. Matt Harvey still thinks when you read, when you see and hear interviews with him, he still thinks that he can be that guy who took the city by storm in 2013 and helped him get to the World Series in 2015. And the reality is, he just doesn't have that kind of stuff anymore. And he's got to be willing to make that adjustment, and he hasn't. And I don't yeah. think the fact the bullpen, <laughs> yeah, he, he's pissed, man. And I think he's the fact pissed. as well, um, he went out last week in Los Angeles, I yep. guess, and got wasted. Really? Yeah. And you know, I guess the, I'm, I'm seeing here, and page six is never wrong. <laughs> so uh, page six, is, <laughs> yeah. nice, nice. page six says he was like you and me. He was stumbling around, oh, he was really? wobbly, and uh, he was all wasted. That's not a good look, like you no. said, Scott. You know, in sports, and you've covered sports a long time, Scott, and. You know, I've seen I've seen players sort of, you know, when they're younger, they're nice, humble guys, and then they sort of become sort of arrogant jerks, and then they sort of get humbled again uh, along the way. Maybe this, you know, Matt Harvey, I don't know how he's going to react to this, but it's not a good look. And if you're going to be a jerk in the clubhouse and you're going to walk around like you're you're Roger Clemens when you're not Roger yeah. Clemens. And he's partied before, too, Gabe. This is not just a one-off. He's no. got a reputation for, you know. And if you're, if you're really struggling. last year, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're if you're struggling and the organization doesn't think that you're adjusting and working on your mechanics, like you said, Scott, and trying to become a new pitcher and reinvent yourself here a bit, and you're more concerned with getting wasted with Hollywood actresses, I'm sure you know was one of the final nails in the coffin here. Look, I can't speak to the truth of what happened when he went out at the nightclub. I wasn't there. I don't know anybody that was there. All, all I know for sure is this guy isn't the same pitcher that he, he used to be. And this new regime is not going to do anybody any favors. Terry Collins is not there anymore. Mickey Calloway and pitching coach Dave Island, they have no, they have no loyalty towards him. And you can see the frustration in GM Sandy Alderson's press conference uh, when I was there the other day. And he was saying how he doesn't like surprises like that about what happened on page six. Whether he, Just the fact that he was out and people were seeing 
seeing him out, and it became a story whether he was drunk or not. I don't know, and I'm not going to speculate. Just the fact that he was out being seen by the paparazzi is not a good look when you're going to the bullpen. And I don't know how Matt Harvey's going to react to this. His reaction already is very known in that I'm not going to the minor leagues. I'm Matt Harvey. But you know what somebody pointed out to me? Going to the minor leagues should not be the best thing for Matt Harvey because the AAA affiliate is in Las Vegas. Well, wow. that's oh, that's an absolute train yeah. wreck, King. Yeah. No, no, that's a, that You're is throwing gasoline on the fire. You're man. rewarding him. Yeah, that's like giving a guy from AA a job at the bar. Like, come yeah. on, man, you can't do that. Yeah, like honestly, I, I have man. never heard any inclination that the guy was, wow. you know, getting lit or doing anything outside. It's just to me, as a baseball story, this guy is not what he used to be. And it's a, it's a mental thing where he he doesn't want to accept it. You know these these Mets pitchers like Syndergaard, Degrom, Mats. You know they all come from this certain generation where they had to they, they were expecting a great five man rotation. And you know so, some of these guys like Degrom's a real professional. Mats is very humble. Uh, Syndergaard's very approachable. You know they're all they're all different people there. But you know I I've, I've just seen where Matt Harvey has rubbed his teammates the wrong way. He's rubbed the media the wrong way, and I think he just needs out of New York, if anything. So what happens now? Designated for assignment, um, they have to trade him? Somebody makes an offer now? No, he's like, just, I think he's just really, like he's gone. You, they part ways with him, right? When you're a five-year guy, according to the rules that, I've, that I'm familiar with, they either have to trade him or, or, or release him. And, you know, the regular rules is that he would pass through waivers. Uh, I, I don't know if that applies yeah, to yeah, Harvey or exactly. not. I think with the five years that, you know, he is just done. And there's already a lot of speculation because even in 2013, you know, the guy grew up a Yankee fan, talked about I, I'm from Connecticut. I always wanted to play for the Yankees. There's a lot of Yankee fans uh, grow, grow up in the Connecticut area. They hardly had a Met fans in that area. And the speculation was back then is Met, Yankee fans would tweak Met fans saying in 2019 we're going to have Met. Matt Harvey and Brass Bryce Harper. Well, the Yankees can have Matt. We can yeah. have. They can have Matt Harvey now. But, but uh, do they want him? Look, maybe with Jordan Montgomery injured, it's something they consider. Scott, I got to ask you too. Like, just I think you, he you, needs to get out of this. Yes, city. and that's another a thing. change of venue like, for real. Oh, no, yes. for sure. You, you talked about Harvey too. So this is a guy. You know what I mean? When he's not the big man on campus, he gets angry. Then he goes to designate for Simon of the bullpen. Does this seem somebody? I got to tell you, he's going to have to really take a humble pill if he wants to change it. Because you talked about the stuff, and can can he actually do that with the attitude that he has to save his career if he still wants to play baseball again? Because he seems like a pretty stubborn guy. My way or the highway. Well, I think Keith Hernandez made a good point about it uh, last night when he was talking about, and Keith's very prominent on Twitter right now, but uh, Keith was saying, you know, when you're a guy who for 28 years who has dominated hitters by blowing them away, it's very hard. A lot of, when you look at a guy like CeCe Sabathia and the way that he's changed himself or pitchers later in their career, it's already come to pass for Matt Harvey that he's got to throw his, you you look at the, you look at the statistics right now, he doesn't throw his curve and his change up more than 12% of the time. And he's got, he's got to remake himself. He, he's he's throwing 93. He's not throwing 97 anymore. You, You have to be willing to change. And I think Matt Harvey's stubbornness ultimately undid him. You know who changed himself? What about Jay Happ? He's yep. a totally different. You watch this guy yes. now. Like, Happ is a guy that said, you know what? He took advice from a guy. He figured it out. Now look at him, Scott. You're, you're a fantasy guru. This guy's money in the bank and being undervalued all the time. 
you know, I interviewed Sean Doolittle, and you can listen to it on demand. The guy was the most interesting interview of the Nationals because the, he throws his, his fastball about 94% of the time. How many one-pitch pitchers can you really talk about that throw their fastball 94% yep. of the time? I said, how'd you get away with that? He said, when I was with Oakland early in my career, somebody pulled me aside and said, we don't want you to throw any of your secondary stuff at all. I, I messed with the changeup. I really didn't use it. Because your delivery is so deceptive, just throw your fastball, and you're going to dominate. And look what it's done for Sean Doolittle when he's been healthy. If you have that mentality to be open, it's, I interviewed Gio Gonzalez, and he says, you know, I said, why did you have your, your best year ever? Is it because you had the highest strand rate in the league? And he's like, no, because I'm always learning from guys like Strasburg and Scherzer. You know, this guy's 32 years old, and he's always yep. talking about how he's learning from his teammates. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Matt, Matt Harvey doesn't seem like yeah. the type of guy that uh, wants to learn. Uh, that um, he doesn't know what he yeah. doesn't know. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he probably exactly doesn't. You know, is he is he sitting down with other pitchers and saying, you know, what what about this and how did you do that and yep. you know, whatever you know, just picking up the little intricacies. If you think you're bigger than the game, man, baseball will humble you, you man, sure more will. than any uh, very very quickly. Extremely quickly. We're talking about the Nationals earlier with Steve Merrill. A uh, little bit of a streak uh, right now. Due to the division that they play in, you know, I don't think they're hitting any panic uh, button right now, but do you think the Nationals continue to trend upwards? You know, the Braves are really overachieving so far. Yep. Can the Braves, you know, are the Braves going to come back down to earth a little bit here? How do you, uh, how do you see this uh, National League East right now, Scott? Well, I think the Mets are good enough to be a wild card team if everybody like DeGrom stays healthy. The Nationals have too much talent. I think it's going to come down to the Nationals and the Mets, but the Braves, you're going to hear from them. I was at City Field this week, and you can also listen to some of my interviews on demand. With uh, you know, I, I, I talked to the manager, and I also I talked to Sean Newcomb. But the sense I got around the Braves is you know, what happened was, listen to this. Now, I usually go to the ballpark like around 310, right? And they'll open the, the, the visiting clubhouse around 340, and they'll let you stay in there until about five or ten after five. They closed the Braves clubhouse about half an hour to 40 minutes early because they wanted to have a team meeting. This team was taking this Mets series early in the year as a big opportunity. And yeah. they came out and they played like it. They were teeing off on Noah Syndergaard in that first inning. You know, you, you could you. I, I was in the press box with 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 the window open. Man, you, they were hitting him like they were hitting Harvey. The crack of the bat was a, was amazing. You know, Kuhn and and uh, Albie's getting on base. This 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 team, the Braves. You know, they're. They're not going to lay over and die. You know, maybe talent-wise they won't contend. I think they, though, they, the Braves really believe in themselves. And yep. they got a hell of a lot of young talent there. You know, that's a team that if you want to turn on a baseball game and watch one team right now, I would say the Atlanta Braves are it. It's interesting. Ozzy Albies on fire. You saw what yeah. Newcomb did. He's throwing smoke. Yeah. Less walks now. Man, they're dangerous. They can tell that, like you said. The home like run of the Cuna hit last night. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, li they like each other. you got a young team. It's Everyone's true. going well. Good team chemistry. And aggressive bats, right? Everyone's going up there. And like you said, everyone's swinging aggressively. And it, it, it makes a difference. Chemistry means a hell of a lot. You see it, Scott. Yep. You know, you, you see it uh, when you go into these clubhouses. I used to do the same routine you did uh, with the Montreal Expos. I'd be there every day at 3 o'clock for, uh, you know, when the room opened and batting practice. And 
I, I could I could tell and see which teams you could really tell winning teams and the character. I remember in those days the Mets were a mess, dude. It was uh, <laughs> like Tom Glavin and Bobby Bonilla and Piazza and uh, Bobby Valentine, you know, and it was just sort of drama Early city. Early two thousands, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was drama city. Uh, I remember going in there. I was like, man, there's a lot of tension in that room. Like <laughs> <laughs> going to the Mets room, but you can really see, you can really see, can't you, Scott? Like which teams, you know, which teams are in a flow, which teams like being at the ballpark, and which teams yeah. are just sort of there for their job, right? Yeah, you can tell, like, you know, sometimes there's a certain divide, certain players will hang in clicks, et cetera. Like, look, the Mets started off on fire, and they're starting to fall recently, but it's a long season. Uh, you know, I think they have good clubhouse leaders there. People will look at the stats, like fantasy players and fans will look at the stats and say, why the hell did the Mets get Adrian Gonzalez? Why don't they just play Nemo in center field and bump Jay Bruce to first? When I talked to Michael Conforto, he said, I have learned so much since spring yep. training from Adrian Gonzalez. They bring those guys in because they're clubhouse leaders. They're almost like player coaches. And with the way, def- the way defense, defensively, Gonzalez plays at first base and what he brings in tangible-wise, the Mets are not going to look to get rid of him as long as he plays decently. So if you're looking for Brandon Nemo to play center field and Jay Bruce first base because you're a fantasy guy, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Hey, Scott, it would have been nice if you're out there there at City Field and you get some of the diamonds that Cespedes left on the on the dirt there. You know, after a while, we could go for a little yeah, archaeo- you know, archaeological dig and find some diamonds, man. You know, groundskeepers, <laughs> yeah. uh, ground, groundskeepers are probably kicking the dirt uh, the next morning. I wonder if like, yeah, yeah, that's what I say. Like, there's a lot of diamonds in that thing. Maybe one of them slipped under the dirt. I'm sure the Mets sent a memo out. Oh, for out sure they did. Yeah. If any diamonds are found, you, you must turn them in. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like they're kind of like the everlasting gobstopper. And Willy Wonka, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, but, you know, they're having like Jonas Espinus Garden Gnome weekend, uh, Garden Gnome night this, this weekend, so maybe, maybe the diamonds will turn up in the Garden Gnome. So uh, we only got a couple of minutes here, Scott. Uh, Cam uh, was last in impressed uh, with the Seahawks uh, draft. You know, I don't know. If they liked their guy, if they thought Penny was their guy, they liked yeah. him better than Chubb. It's not about address, not addressing the lineman, reaching for a punter. Lots yeah. of, like Pete Carroll tries to think he's the smartest guy in the room sometimes, in my opinion. What do you, what do you think of the draft, uh, Scott? Well, it's John Schneider, really, too. But, you know, I think I think the line is improving because now they'll have Dwayne Brown for a full season and they got DJ Fluka, who's a really good run blocker during the offseason. So yeah. it's not like they yeah. haven't addressed yeah. it, although Jermaine Effetti at right tackle, I still really worry about that. If Ethan Posick can continue to add weight and improve, I like it. But, the, you know, to me, this guy fit. Darius Geis has character issues, injury issues. Sony Michelle has injury issues. This kid can be a three-down back when you look look at him on film, he fits what they want to do. And because the Seattle offensive line has never been spectacular, that you want a physical running back who can anticipate holes. And that's the style that fits. And I think this kid who flattens people when he runs over him can be a three-down back is an ideal fit. He really does attack yeah, the hole. This he kid. does. He, he really does. Hey, thanks, Scott. Great stuff, man. Always a pleasure, fellas. Fun times. Great stuff with Scott Angle, man. He really knows uh, he, his stuff. He does. Scott, knowledgeable. That's why they call him the king. Babano, he knows his stuff too. Babano, stepping up and in. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. The Kentucky yeah. Oaks set to begin. Coverage just uh, started. Eddie Olchuk giving his picks right now for the Edgewood uh, Stakes. Love his style, Marenzi. See the way he went up there. Said, you know what? I'm going to throw a 36 to one in there with an. Even. That's a great. That's a great way to attack the horse racing. Because if that dog comes in, that ticket's box cars, and he's still got his favorite. That's why. Hey, you got to pay a little bit more money to box it. You know what the rich man used to tell me? Sonny at the try. It take money to win money. You know what I mean? So sometimes I've seen guys at the OTB lose tens and fifteen thousand dollar tickets game because they didn't pay up more you know what i mean like you got a little bit of the pool they didn't want to pay the extra 30 bucks or 28 bucks or whatever sometimes you got to buy that big ticket if the dogs come in buddy it pays huge and sunny vega kicking it with us yeah. in the studio uh we'd bring them on uh but uh uh mike cardano i think uh had enough of the f-bombs uh <laughs> enough f-bombs for one week from sunny vega the, the, the that's the best on the way out yesterday. I just I know, just hey, guys, guys, there's a lot of swearing going on here. wasn't me, actually. I didn't swear. Oh, no, you didn't swear. I think I might have sworn once, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. you dropped it up. We got into the sauce. You know, we apologize, Mike. It's just one of those days. We were going to a playoff game. I got excited. It was a bucket of chicken yeah, and was, a bunch of blues and it's, stuff. It's true. I usually don't drop the F-bomb, but, yeah, it was very excitable times. All right, we have Babano, uh, Ian Cameron. Oh, yeah. Babano. Babano. Steps up. What's up, Babano? Hey, Gabe. Hey, Cam. Glad to hear you guys are uh, picking up the pieces and moving on uh, today and uh, moving on past what we saw last night. I've been clearly misled, you guys, uh, in terms of uh, my my life 30 years on this world, thinking I'm living in Toronto, Ontario. No, we're living in Lebronto, Ontario after last night. Clearly, he owns that city. Clearly, he owns that franchise. And we just are living in that kind of world. I think somebody actually did something to the, to, what did they do? They put Lebronto, like somebody, va- after the Raptors lost, somebody vandalized like the sign, I think. And, and, and that's just a joke story. Do you hear that one, Marenzi? The, the, the Pretty clever, butcher. actually. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Lebronto, that's Lebronto, just what we need. I can't, uh, I can't, dis- you know. No, it is Lebronto. I can't disagree. He owns this place. He owns the Raptors. Yep, you said it. It was, it was tough to watch, um. It was tough to watch in person, uh, being there, but Bano. Like, just each each basket was like a dagger. It's <laughs> true. Each, each basket so true. they scored, like, the air was just getting sucked out of the building. And it got pretty hostile, man. Remember on the way out? It was one of those deals, too. Things just went bad. Like you said, this is when, like, life's issues kick in. Like, we were leaving. Yeah. Like, you could see, like, girlfriends and boyfriends were arguing on the way out. It wasn't, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah it was like all people, yeah, A lot of negativity. Yeah, like guys were kicking garbage cans Pins. over. Like, there was a lot of people were pissed, like, on the well, way This out. is the realization. Even the cops are pissed. We're going to beat these I guys. Remember even, exactly. I remember even talking to a cop, like, on the way out. He even, yeah, he, he was he angry. Said, he was like, man, I'm so sick of this. I'm as sick of it as you are. That's what he told me. Yeah. Like, even the cops, Babano, were angry after the game last night. It wasn't like, because like, people were pissed coming out of that arena, man. 
But you know, for they Toronto should, they, they should be upset. Yeah, they should be upset because all the narrative was going into this series, like if the Raptors are going to slay the Cleveland Cavalier and LeBron James Dragon, this is the time. If you're the number one seed, you've got home court advantage, this was your time. You've had the years and years of experience, of failures of playoffs past that DeMar, Kyle, and the veterans on this team are supposed to lead uh, and, and be able to learn from. Serge Ibaka is supposed to be brought in as a veteran guy that's going to push you to that next level, bring defense, bring rebounding, maybe bring one shot, one shot that you can make to this team in a, in a big playoff game, uh, but we haven't even seen that from uh, Ibaka. Uh, he hasn't played to that level. It's been frustration. Now, I don't know how it came across live, guys, but on television, in that second half, when Cleveland was starting to make that run, it sounded like church. It sounded like you could hear a pin drop in that place in the Air Canada Center. It was a morgue, uh, it sounded like, on television. Was it that quiet in the third quarter as I thought it was? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, it was like it was like a death scene, the band. It was like, and the thing was, it happened very quickly. We were sitting there. The Raptors were up. And then all of a sudden, Cleveland went up three, six, nine, three. And we're sitting there like, we're down 14, 15 points. Like, we looked at each other like, what the hell is going on? And these guys are settling for 23-foot uh, jumpers and oh. missing. It was brutal. Like, it, it, i got to be honest with you, that went from party time to, like, death very, very quick. They're going to have to um, address this. They're going to have to break the team up. I agree with you 100%. You think they can't win. It sucks, but I don't, you know, do you break the team up or do you just get a new coach? You probably get a new coach. You do. You know, we don't really don't have a choice at this point. Now, as I stated earlier, it's amazing of a battle. DeMar DeRozan says, well, we're down 0-2. We're going to Cleveland. Tomorrow night we're going to find out what we're made of. It's like I said, no, man, last night was a night that you were supposed to find out what you were made of. You know, game one was a night that you were, you know, it's enough of this. Well, you know, now there's a challenge coming up, man. There's been a challenge coming up. And you know, me and Cam are both, though, we can't believe the point spreads for tomorrow's games, Ben. I can't believe that Philadelphia are nine-point nine favorites. I can't believe that Cleveland are only four-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't understand it's the point nuts. spreads tomorrow. That's the worst part about that game last night. I got to sit there and listen to DeMar DeRozan in the post-game press conference give me this BS quote of we thrive off adversity. Like the adversity you faced up two no, points at halftime coming into the second half of that game and just laying an egg and just crumbling under the pressure. That's that adversity you faced in the second half. That's what you thrive off of, supposedly. I didn't like hearing that. Not one bit. That's a negative quote in my mind. You're not going to be coming into that press conference off that second half and telling me that line. Sorry. No, that doesn't yeah, fly. It's not just it's not just losing Babano, it's the way they lose. And you could tell the difference between a exactly. team that could take it up a notch. You saw the first game, these guys, Cleveland was basically like almost out of guys, and they pissed that game away with a double digit lead. And then last night, gutless. In the third, like the minute Cleveland got the lead and LeBron started taunting them, they wilted, taking crap shots. That's the problem. Good teams, you could lose a tight game. The way the Raptors lose though, it's pathetic. They always seem to quit. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, they, they've got a lot to do, uh, show for themselves tomorrow. Tomorrow night we're going to find out just how much spine, character, guts this team has. I mean, obviously I think it's impossible, I think, at this point to, to, to consider them as coming back to win this series. But just give us some effort, I think, uh, in Game 3 in Cleveland is what you're going to want to see from them. Some kind of a pulse, some kind of response. And, you know, coaching's part of it. Uh, Casey, how that team does not have that 
I don't know, that killer instinct, that, that lack of fire intensity coming out of the halftime locker room yesterday, too. But it boggles my mind. Uh, you mentioned the point spreads. Uh, I can't trust Toronto. The other game, it stuns me that, that Boston's getting that many points. I took Boston again last night, guys. I mean, this series has been mispriced from the beginning. Uh, from a game-to-game perspective. Sure, Philly's got a little bit more talent, a little bit more upside, high-ceiling talent, but boy, Boston is getting everybody collectively playing well as a team. Aaron Baines, for crying out loud, is having a great playoff for them. Terry Rozier's making big shots. I mean, you're seeing Jalen Brown come in and play well last night. Jason Tatum's been huge. I agree. Yeah, I think Babano, they could probably, yes. you know, I think they they're could. Look at they could. Philly's a young team. If they Philly don't, could pull a Toronto and just choke. You yeah, know? and know what they do? When Philly chokes, they miss their threes and then get really, yeah. really frustrated. I got a little sprinkle on a plus 375. I, I told Gabe at the start of the show, Babano, I would have made that line four and a half. It's double what I think the actual line was. Instead, instead it's nine, not four and a half. It's nuts. What do you think of tonight's games, Babano? Uh, Warriors and Pelicans. Totals yeah. 233. Man, it's a lot of points. It but- sure is. You know, I remember what Jimmy Vaccaro said in Vegas, uh, legendary odds maker. He said, "If you know, that was football, though. But he said, if you just bet every highest over, over, and lowest total under, you'll win money. Um, you know, they, they made it 233 for a reason, right? I mean, they, it, it's like, oh, my God, it's so high. But that's when you want to take it. They're doing it yep. because, you know, they know it's going to be high. And they're, they know they're vulnerable here to people betting the under. Uh, the total is my Warriors are laying five. Pelicans have been a good home team in the playoffs. And in the regular season, Babano, as you know, they've been in pretty much an ATM machine at home. But Golden State are Golden State. What do you make of this game? Yeah, I mean, definitely I like Boston Saturday. These two games tonight, uh, I'm going to take a shot on the money line with both underdogs tonight, uh, New Orleans and Utah, uh, both home dogs. If I get the split, I make some profit. So I think both teams have a chance. I mean, if New Orleans is going to win one game, uh, in this series, you would think it's going to be this one here. Game three at home, uh, try, uh, down 2-0. Uh, and I think they're they're going to play well in this game. I mean, they played good at home, albeit that was against Portland in the first round. This is a totally different animal, Golden State, I understand that. But New Orleans plays even faster, I find, tempo-wise at home. They're going to get their shots. Anthony Davis will play well. Drew Holiday has been terrific all playoffs long. Uh, for the uh, Pelicans. Rajon Rondo's turned into playoff Rondo for this team. You don't really see him all that shine all that good in the regular season, but in the playoffs, it's like he turns into a different player. So I think the Pelicans are live there. Maybe this will be their one game in the series that they win. So I'll take them a little on the money line as well. Same with Utah. I think Utah's got a puncher's chance in this series. We're talking about the Rockets who have their own playoff demons to exercise. Are they the Western Conference Raptors, a number one seed that now is getting questioned a little bit? You got to wonder. I mean, James Harden, we're here. Yeah. Gabe said the exact same thing. He brought up a great point early. He goes, the Rockets are the Raptors of the West. Regular season Warriors playoffs, they'll let you down. James Harden. Like, really? Neither of them have ever been to the finals. And I need to explain something because I have gone in big time financially on the Rockets the last two years in the playoffs in some of these series against OKCs of the world and the San Antonios of the world, uh, only to have my heart and my money ripped out uh, from under me. Uh, So I'm a little bit more skeptical and cautious when it comes to the Houston Rockets this year. You know, I know they bring in Chris Paul to be the difference maker, put them over the top, but it's not like his postseason resume is all that splendid. So I'm going to have to see it with this group. D'Antoni as well. Can he coach this team all the way into a finals? And Utah's coming home with confidence, now with a little belief that this series is 1-1. So what I'm going to do is New Orleans and Utah plus the points and a little sprinkle on the money line, hoping I can go at least 1-2 with them. 
I like your style. Yep. yep. Uh, NHL hockey uh, tonight, uh, Babano. What do you make of the NHL uh, card tonight? Both me and Cam went two and zero. Uh, last night, actually, I think I went three because I had the yeah. The no, you had both unders too. Yeah, the unders too. Under, so. under. But uh, you know, we, we, so we, we hit the Nashville Predators last night. It was nice to hit that dog. So tonight, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning or plus one forty. Man, they played a great game. They did game three. Perfect in road game. Uh, and then you got uh, Vegas minus one fifty five tonight on home ice. That series now tied up at two. I'm going under the number in the Vegas game, guys. I think, you know, the, it, things yeah. are really starting to tighten up. The pressure, the stakes are high. You know, we got two great goalies. I'm going to go under the five and a half in that game. And you got Tampa and Boston. I don't know, man. All Bruin games and Tampa games, they're both unpredictable teams, aren't they, Babano? They just are. And it, it, both of these games are similar to me. I think Boston wins. I think Vegas wins. But I think the value is on the other side. I mean, with Tampa Bay and San Jose, uh, I just didn't bet it only because I think Boston's got a good chance to win. And I think Vegas, because this has been a win-loss, win-loss series. This has been a zigzag theory series. NBA applying to the NHL with this San Jose-Vegas series. The loser of the last game has bounced back and won the next game. And that's the spot in the profile for Vegas tonight. So I probably could only look Vegas. But I kind of agree with the under in the Vegas game. I mean, you're seeing Martin Jones finally put his best foot forward. It was spectacular the other night in that San Jose shutout win. Fleury's a very good bounce-back goalie. Something like 12-2, and Marc-Andre Fleury. His last 14 starts off a loss. Uh, I think he'll play well. I think the Vegas wins a 2-1, 3-1, 4-1 kind of game. Uh, it stays under the total. Tampa-Boston, I think, totals-wise, could go the other way. Uh, I think that could be a little higher scoring. They're putting Ryan Donato back in the lineup for Boston. Thankfully, he's a guy with speed, skill, talent wake up some of these third lines that Boston's been putting out there that haven't put the puck in the ocean. I think Ryan Donato's going to help that out. So I think that game could be a little bit more of a track meet, Lightning and Bruins. Who, who do you like, Cam, in the NHL? Yeah, you, yeah, well, yeah, I was going to tell Bobano if he uses his NBA medicine. and you t- I kind of like both. The, I, I, I think Boston, it's the zigzag. they got to win. I don't like laying 60 cents with the Bruins and Tampa Bay starting to feel it. Let's give Gamble a little bit of credit with that call. But I think the Sharks at plus 135 offer major value coming off a 4 nothing win. They're a better team than Los Angeles. Angeles. The Vegas Golden Knights, I get it, they're fast, but every game's within one goal. But Bano, you know this game can go either way, and I'm getting 35 cents on the damn dog. I think the Sharks can uh, smell blood in the water, so to speak. It's funny because other than game one, there's been times, Cam, that San Jose have looked faster than Vegas, particularly yes. in third and fourth lines. You're not getting anything from William Carrier and Pierre-Edouard Belmar and some of those depth <laughs> forwards for Vegas. San Jose, some of these depth forwards like your Sorensons and your Melker Carlsons, they're gonna make, they've made some noise. They've made more noise than some of the bottom six forwards that the Vegas team has brought uh, to the table in this series. So for that reason, you know, San Jose, I do think the value in game five tonight is on San Jose. I, I think strongly Vegas wins this game. I, I'm not crazy laying the price, but if you're into value and want to take a shot, I think Tampa and San Jose, they're getting a little bit too much price considering the matchups and the way they've played out so far. You, you've been the king of pucks, Marenzi. Where are you leaning with these games? I know we'll do the picks later, but going, you, got, uh, you, got, you got a vibe on the sides or more just totals? Yeah, I like, I like Vegas in the under. Vegas in the under? I think that series is going seven games. Vegas yeah, which I love. I have Vegas in seven plus five hundred on Vegas to win exactly in seven games. I'm hoping I got a chance there. Nice call. Um, all right, I've only got a couple of minutes left here. Looking at an underdog, guys, uh, tonight. Just a number that sort of surprised me. I think it's uh, worth a roll of the dice. We always talk about the Cleveland Indians being heavily favored all the time. Yep. 
Cleveland Indians are plus 175 tonight against the Yankees. Yeah, with with, with CC Sabathia? No, no, honestly, you almost have to blind bet Cleveland yeah, at a buck 75, a buck 80. I know Lily Tomlin's not uh, going to light the world on fire there pitching for Cleveland there, Josh Tomlin, but uh, at plus 180 with the Cleveland Bats panel, that's got to be in the uh, on the underdog card there. Yeah, the Cleveland team total I like better. Uh, just because Tomlin is horrible, uh, he's going to probably get crushed by this Yankee team. And the Cleveland bullpen, this is something that's got to be taken into account with this handicap. They played a doubleheader with Toronto. The the arms yeah. in that bullpen are completely exhausted, completely spent after those two games against the Jays yesterday. So how's Terry Francona going to patch this starting rotate with Tomlin to the end of this game with his bullpen tonight? That's going to be a big-time concern. So uh, I just got that feeling the Yankees could put up a crooked number against a bad starter and maybe a tired bullpen behind him. See, that's some yeah, very wise Dave Malinsky-like. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff, but man, are you talking about bringing up the, uh, the doubleheader bullpen Yeah, 9-9 and all the crazy games there. I'll tell you one thing, though. I'll be laying it down with our boy Hap, 55 cents against. I don't know who's this, Kitling Ridge? Who's who's pitching for Tampa Bay? Kettridge? Was that some kind of wine? I don't know what it is, but anyway, I think uh, Hap's on fire. Kitridge Farms. It sounds like Kitridge Farms or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kitridge <laughs> Farms. I, I think it's like a whiskey or something, but anyway, I'm laying 55 cents with Hap. Tampa's been one of those surprising teams, I'll be honest, uh, Cam. That's a tough team for me to bet against in this price range when they're getting this kind of price. Hap's been pretty good uh, for the most part, but Toronto's in that same tricky situation as Cleveland tonight. You know, they had a, that doubleheader against the Indians. Their bullpen is not exactly fresh either going into this game. Uh, Tampa actually is the home dog. That's the way I'd go there. I like uh, Sorry, Toronto. You might be in for more misery tonight. I apologize. Yeah, no, no more misery, Babano. We're already spent, buddy. We're done. I don't know if I have the. I don't know. We, can't, I, we can't take anymore. I don't know if I have the heart to click anything with the name Toronto. Toronto I'm with you. I want to see anything but this city. No, LeBronto Blue Jays, LeBronto Maple Leafs, LeBronto Raptors. I think it's uh, the Patrice Bergeron Leafs. Yes. Thanks, Babano. Later, buddy. See you, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Dear God. God, what is this, figure skating or the Kentucky Derby pre-party? What the hell's going on? This guy's got more glitter than Boy George. That's that Johnny Weir figure Johnny skater. Johnny Weir. Nice coat. Like, this is... This guy, he's Liberace of horses. Why Why do they do this? Like the, I agree. I'm going to tell people this, and you, you know my and take, I, know, I get the Kentucky Derby with the whole hat thing and the mint juleps nah. and all that crap, but... It's the day before. What? They really do this like all week? Yeah. The, the thing I love about the Kentucky Derby is how they class it up like, hey, everybody, look at us. We're rich and horse racing's where I hang out at OTBs 
it's 98% horse racing is a dirtbag uh, business. Hey, I love it, too. I hang out there. I make bets. I love the horse racing. But come on, people. Don't try to tell us what it isn't. Horse racing is a dirty, dirty business. Me and Morenci know firsthand. I hate horse racing. <laughs> yeah. Owning a horse is really Owning a horse like, just, like, ripped our heart out. Uh, it does. Yeah, not even Toronto, like the horse. Like, we can, give us a break, man. Like, there are no on. breaks. Yeah, you said it, eh? The only thing that uh, <laughs> the breaks we <laughs> get is my will being broken. Yeah. And, Tony, um, and Tony joining us. No, Tony Sincata. Tony, hey, Tony. Tony chuckling at my will being broken. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been Tony. there. I've been there. I was chuckling. <laughs> Yeah, but I was feeling uh, like, you know, I've been there before. I know how you felt, and I'm glad it's not me today. Like, it's always good to be someone else. Oh, yeah. Oh, last <laughs> it's <day>. always <laughs> good to be someone else. <laughs> Amazing, Tony. That's why I dress up as Chewbacca every once in a while. <laughs> We've all been there, like you said. You know? Yeah, you have a couple of drinks, too few many drinks. A basketball team loses. Oh. Bank account, uh, bank account empty. It's tough. See, uh, and then you start yeah. thinking about past, uh, past things that have gone wrong yeah. in your life, and things get ugly fast, Tony. <laughs> You're a hot guy to follow, though. For all the people out there on Twitter, Gabe's a hot guy to follow. Because I felt so good for Gabe after the first quarter last night. Like, Gabe got it done. He bet the first quarter. Because he yeah. knew they would come out strong, and then it would all go downhill. But we also know Gabe, and we said, you know what? He's not going to end in the first quarter. So he won the first quarter. He's feeling good about himself, and he's going to get involved later on. So you I said it, bad. Tony. I you know what the craziest thing was? Uh, I felt bad for everybody. You know what the craziest thing is? We didn't even know because we're getting bombed. Like, we started yeah. betting the Nashville game. Like, we hit every game but the the game we went to. Is case. Yeah. We won every That's single the only game thing, the game. Tony, that we pounded. My sports oh, account. awesome. Yeah, I woke awesome. up. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Then I feel better. Yeah, no, like I had the Boston Celtics. I had the over to Boston Celtic. Uh, oh, both, my God. Both I hockey had, games and totals. We had the Nashville Predators plus 125. We had I was on Nashville as well. Yeah, it's like awesome. all the other picks were good. It saved it. And um, here, actually, this is a good thing, too, that uh, me being a, uh, a loser uh, actually helped. I didn't have my cell phone. My cell phone oh. was off. That was yeah, the whole so, key, though. That was the whole key. That saved so you that's, thousands it of dollars. It saved me money. Because exactly. Oh, you didn't tell me. That's a great story. Yeah, no, no wonder you're, you're feeling better. I was going to ask you guys. Yeah. I think I did use I used Sonny's, uh, used Sonny's uh, phone once. I did bet something at a half. I don't even remember. But it won. I think I bet the second half over or whatever the hell. I don't know what the hell I bet. I got the Nashville bet in or something. But, yeah, I didn't have my phone. It sort of saved me. Like you said, uh, Tony, it was like the time when, when we were meeting Cameron Vegas and Michigan won. And uh, Sonny Vega was there, too. Michigan won. And I got the money, and I didn't have a choice. Like, literally, I got paid at the window, and me and Cam got in a taxi and went to the airport. Yep. No more time to lose it on the felt or on the games. It was Saturday night. I def- like, we were all pissed we had to leave at the time, but I definitely would have lost that money, Tony, on Saturday <laughs> night in Vegas. Absolutely. After the Michigan game. <laughs> so instead, like, we had no choice. So it's like the game was over. We cashed the ticket it and got went right to the, to the airport. But then, Tony, we got uh, rattled at Chili's restaurant. We're just cracking a couple jokes, and we almost missed the flight. Like, literally, like, we rushed to get to the airport. Yeah, we're like, hey, we're want all, some chicken tenders, buddy? We think we're all responsible. <laughs> we're like, all right, we're not screwing around. Let's just go, not cut it to the last second. So we show up, 
And then we space out while we're in the airport yeah. eating chicken tenders at uh, at Chili's. At uh, Chili's, man, they were good. They were delicious. They really were good. Chili's. That was one of the, some of the best airport chicken tenders I've like, ever had. Next time I go to Vegas, I'm actually going to stop off there. Like maybe on the way out. Yeah, like, hey, give me some. Uh, you know, on the, <laughs> and the guy liked us. He really loaded it in. Like they were huge chicken fingers. They're like the well, size of my head. Yeah, because he had money on Michigan. That's correct. That's right. Marenzi gave him the old hey, good Michigan win. Hey, extra yeah, yeah. extra chicken. Yeah, he, he said like when Michigan hit that shot, the entire airport erupted. Yeah. He said you could hear like screams from all over the airport because it's Vegas, right? So everyone's got money on everything. And uh, they have the games on in Vegas in the airports. There's a lot Correct. of different TVs yep. and bars. There's a lot of stuff in that airport. It's a pretty big airport, actually. You keep on expanding it. So we had the King, Scott Engel, uh, come on uh, earlier and talk a little Matt Harvey. Matt yeah. Harvey designated for assignment. So why do you have a uh, fictional stuff on the radio uh, he is the biggest fraud in sports like he is the biggest homer in the world he has nothing to do with statistical evidence and anything he might as well just put his bets cap on and whine and like a little <laughs> bitch put on a diaper pretty harsh you want to put angle on matt, matt harvey or put that angle bitch here. on the radio right now and i'll tell him <laughs> to his face He's a bitch. <laughs> the views and opinions sports, of Tony. Sports rage with Tony. <laughs> Tony. So what's, what's, Tony's what's got sports rage. Does Engel owe you money or something? No, he doesn't owe me money, but he's a homer. Like, he thinks he's the press, and this is what the problem I have with everybody in the press. They all got cut from the JV baseball teams. Have you ever seen these guys? They have no athletic ability whatsoever. <laughs> And they write and they report like they know shit. They don't know shit. It's the guys that they interview them, and the, 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 if guys are nice to them, they, they give them good reviews. Matt Harvey was a dick to Scott Angle. He he took Scott Angle and he pissed on his feet. And then, and then it, he, is, it is true. It is yeah, true that yeah. And I'm guilty of it. It's true. If We've I, all done it. Like UFC fighters that are nice to me and I get along with. Like I yeah. don't rip them. Like it's, exactly, like, exactly. It is like I hate to admit it, but we all do it. I'll tell it like it is. Like I'll give a pick if someone. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, he's going to win. I'm not going to kiss the guy's ass. But it's totally true, Tony. I mean, hockey players that were nice to me, I wouldn't pick on them. Like on the post game show after, exactly. I'm like, well, the guy's a good guy. That guy's a jerk. I'll attack him. <laughs> so, but here's why I, I'm not a fraud, and I think that's why I've lasted a little bit. Is that? <laughs> If a guy's a dick, I'll, I come on the air. Like, I, Scott Angle, put him on the air. You're a dick. The guy was mad. It was it was mean to you, and that's why you come on here and you berate him. Like, you have nothing to offer no, anything to he, the public. He did not. Angle has nothing. Him. He knows no statistical evidence of anything. I, mean, I thought he was fantastic. Me and Cam enjoyed his We thing. actually, he was very nice to us, oh, Tony. You got, no, he's always nice. And Scott's Man, a I good guy. He's I a good guy. But his opinion is slanted. Like, if we're trying to give it to the listeners, his opinion is slanted to who's nice to him. I'm not going to be nice to him. <laughs> I've got to start listening to the, to the station more. Seriously? I don't know what the well, hell. I've been living under a rock. Tony's calling other shows ripping us. I know. <laughs> no, no. I, no, you two guys. You, got, you actually two guys are the most realest guys in the station. I gotta, I gotta do it in the morning. Gonna hear Tony freaking Morancy. Yeah, him and no. gave that shit pick. The guy gave six oh. losers last night. Yeah, no, no, no. We've all guy, given losers. We all, if we, here's the, here's the thing. If we have, I, I always, this is my slogan in life. 
don't confuse the result with the decision, right? If you have stuff to back up to your decision, you can't be wrong. No matter if it ends up wrong, you're not wrong. Scott Engel just pulls shit out of his ass. We thought that, uh, first off, he didn't, uh, uh, first off, I was going to say, he didn't like. Uh, he didn't really praise the Mets yeah, he wasn't. He didn't bash Matt Harvey. He gets on his knees because that's the only clubhouse he can get. It. Like, the Yankees won't let him in the clubhouse. So he's never going to go, like, he's never going go he to go didn't, the Mets. He didn't, he didn't kiss ass to the Mets, though. I, I thought mean, it, was a fa- it was pretty fair. And he, told, he, said, he said Harvey was uh, a right. hard guy to deal with. Scott, 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 right, angle, angle I called you out because you're a, you're a Matt Harvey uh, crusher because uh, Harvey won't give you an interview. And I said, you uh, basically are a fraud as a journalist. And that you uh, basically uh, will uh, line people up, and the people that will actually agree to an interview you love, and other people that don't agree to an interview, you kiss their ass and you throw them aside. So, Engel, I uh, basically said you have uh, your, your interviews are worthless. So, yeah, well, that's what that's what you try to do, Tony. You try to make good radio and get me call in. You know that that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, look. Uh, you know, when Matt Harvey was good a few years ago, I, I said he was good. You know, I'm objective, and anybody who thinks otherwise pretty much doesn't know what they're they're talking about there. You know, I'm not the only one that feels this way. You know, there's a no, lot of no, people who cover the Mets that feel you. the yeah, same yeah. way that I do. So, you know, look, you, you made good radio. It may not be true, but you made good, <laughs> you make, you make good radio. I congratulate you for it. You know what I'm saying? There, there's a lot of guys out there who will not, who will not talk to me, but I will, I will pray their abilities to to the highest you know that steven Strasburg will never give me an interview you know I, i'll have nothing bad to say about the guy about as a player and there's guys like when when melvin upton was going bad the guy was the nicest oh, guy yeah. but you know i was i was I, I i i even told melvin to his face that unfortunately i had to tear him up on the radio see that's what kind of homer that this guy is he still calls him melvin right we call him BJ because he got down on his knees. He changed little, his name legally. For a little pot, he would do the BJ thing. And, and there Scott was, one person, there was one person I will never kiss their ass, though. You know who that is? No. Cody Sincata. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know the what? king, but the king's I biased. Yeah. I do keep it real, though, because I've had... Look, I've had Conor McGregor on the show before. Yep. I rip Conor McGregor all the time. That's true. So, and just if you've been on the show before, you're not going to get a free pass, uh, free pass forever. But as you stated, I mean, I was nicer to the third and fourth line goons when I did hockey because they were the only guys who would talk to me. You know what I mean? The, star, the stars are like, here's this redhead guy with blonde eyebrows coming with the microphone again. Screw this asshole. They used to run away from me. That's the way it works. Ike Davis was the nicest guy. But I didn't want him anywhere near my fantasy team or anybody else's. Hey, so is is Strasburg a dick in real life? Is he a jerk? Uh, Strasburg won't talk. Uh, Harper, there are certain superstars like Paul Goldschmidt and Anthony Rizzo will give everybody the time of day, no matter who they're from. And there are other guys like Bryce Harper and Harvey. You know, where just like they will pick and select, hand pick who they talk to, and they'll talk to nobody else. I used to. Uh, I used to just go right up to them. And just and, stick the mic right oh, in their yeah, face. Yeah. You, you can't run now. Uh, it, would, it would be surprising. Like, I'd yeah. just go knock on a manager's yeah. office, like the visiting team. Yeah. i knock on the door. Yeah. I'd say, hey, excuse me, Skip, you got a couple of minutes? <laughs> and yeah. and it, 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 it looked shocked because no one really had the balls to do that, right? That's right. And I tell you, Bobby, uh, Bobby Valentine, 
it's funny. Everyone ripped Bobby Valentine. He was like, yeah, have a seat, kid. And Bobby Valentine <laughs> talked to me for like 20 minutes. Not like uh, for me. The first time like I went Jay out there. Horowitz yep. even told me, don't bother Bobby. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. He's not going to do it. Jim Fergosi threatened to kill me almost the first time <laughs> I met him. He was in the room like hacking a dart, and I kind of brushed it. His eyes just lit up. Like, like he was going to literally strangle me. That was my first time going down there. I interviewed Carlos Delgado, and Jim Fergosi was going to put me in a pretzel. He was pissed. Dave Rigetti told me to F off. <laughs> Like, honestly, I, all I said, I said, uh, I said, hey, Dave, can I get a couple of minutes with you? Uh, Dude, it was like 40 afternoon. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? It's like 40 afternoon. That's all he said to me. He looked up and he just said F off. But he didn't F say the word off. F. He said the real word. And I'm thinking, what a what, a, what an asshole this guy is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is why uh, I love the king. See, the king knows what I'm about, Dave, right? Davey, Davey, Lopez, yeah. Davey, Davey Lopez, too, is a big Jerk to me too. I like on radio. I like to keep it real. Dave Dave Lopes. Dave Dave Lopes. Lopes. I like to keep it honest. And I think all you, uh, all you guys that think you're like, you all you guys that think you're a journalist, I think you're pathetic. Well, you know, I I have a journalism degree and work for major metropolitan newspapers, so I challenge you to spell pathetic. (laughs) Well, I might not be able to spell it, but I can smell it when it's real, and I don't smell you, Angle, as real. I'll smell pathetic. Uh, I'll smell pathetic. C-I-N-C-O-T-T-A. How how happy were you, Scott, when uh, when Tony moved back to Jacksonville? (laughs) Not not really happy. I was hoping more from Albania or somewhere. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Me and the king, we had our scuffles in the past, but we both respect each other a lot, and we both had a lot of fun in our times together. Yeah, you know what though? It's like it's like when you're on a team with somebody else, a football team, and once in a while in the clubhouse, you may not get along, but it's it's like family. You know what I'm saying? I, the, the, the scuffles they don't matter. Look, Richard Sherman yelled at his teammates, and you know they were hugging each other a few minutes later, so it doesn't matter. No, nah, I'm not sure if they really like Richard Sherman. I think, I think there's, a problem. Yeah, there's a problem in the Seahawk dressing room. Sure. So I, 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 I think I think Thomas and Chancellor and those other guys love him. So I think Russell I Wilson. Chancellor. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson's not shedding any tears, and Richard Sherman's no. not in the room anymore. I don't think Russell Wilson holds grudges like that. I really don't think he's that kind of guy. I mean, I saw him. Percy Harvin was reportedly the one that like lit the fuse in the clubhouse for a lot of the dissension. Two years later, Percy Harvin, you know, comes back and they're playing. In, he's playing in an opposing uniform and they're Scott, hugging and talking. So. Scott, you've been married twenty years, unlike anyone else in the 25. show. Twenty-five. So, twenty-five. All right. So you might not. You might feel differently than us. I think Russell Wilson's got like illustrious cat that he gets right right now, and I think that rules his whole life. And uh, I don't know how you feel about that. So you're saying, Tony, that Scott is the only one that's had a successful marriage on this network? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And Russell Wilson's got some illustrious kitten, and I'm thinking that maybe uh, we don't, we don't, we lose sight of that. In what I, I don't know what what road you're barking on. Like I'm, I'm thinking he doesn't care about his team. He's just. He's uh, concerned about keeping the illustrious kitten. Like you are not concerned about being, uh, you know, a quality journalist. You're only at the end of the night coming right. home to please right. your woman, right. which you've done for 25 years. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, <laughs> well, you know what? I've been in circles, many journalism <laughs> conferences. I've never seen Tony. 
Uh, maybe, maybe he was working the tables as a waiter. I don't know. And as far as Russell Wilson, a lot of that stuff, like Tony liked to say some wacky crap, like NASCARs, NASCAR drivers are not athletes because women do it at the same time. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, whatever, whatever Tony says, I tell you, take with a grain of wacky salt and just wait for the next poop mention to come. Yeah, to- Tony uh, Tony brought the, the heat uh, coming yeah. out of the gate. Wow, that's crazy. I don't, what the hell's going on here? He sure did, brother. I love it. He didn't think I would call in. <laughs> no, we, told, we told him to call Scott. Did I run away? Do I ever run no. away? Yeah. No. Tony Give me Ron, Sheila. Give me Ron Sheila next, and I'll tell him how irrelevant he thinks he is, but he thinks he's uh, all that in fantasy baseball. Well, look, Tony doesn't run away from anything. It's just don't walk down the streets of Manhattan with that guy because, like, he says the strangest things to people. It's like, you know, people, are, women wear holes in their pants as a, as a style. He walks up to him, he's like, you got a hole in your pants. I'm like, Tony, will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's trying. He's trying to get in the hole. Exactly. <laughs> Any hole he can get into is a good hole, Scotty. Thanks. Yes. For joining yep. Us. All right, brothers. So I don't. That's why Tony likes golf. A lot of holes. Yes. <laughs> Eighteen. Be exact. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis. Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Red Heat and Rage Radio. Game time. Decisions. Decisions. That was wicked with the King and Tony. Loved it. Loved it. I've already made my game time decision for the most part. Me too. Um, Tony's going to have to carry this today, though, DFS style. Oh, I'm going to handle the DFS style, but i got to be honest with you guys. I We're not going to leave you alone, at least, today. Yeah, least I, hammered a, I, I hammered a bet this afternoon. What bet? And it, and it went up one point that I wanted to go up, but I hammered it. I think the Houston Rockets crush Utah tonight. And uh, I'm all over the Rockets tonight in a big, big monetary way. Really? You went big? Oh, this is bigger wow. bet on the Rock. You know, minus four and a half. Tonight, it's a statement I got a, game. I got a minus five. Dude, it's a statement game. It's a statement game for the Rockets in the same way so the Raptors uh, have been uh, tested, Tony. In that, you know, the Rockets haven't had a lot of postseason success in recent years. Of course, they won the titles with Akeem Olajuwon years ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, since then, James Harden's had a lot of postseason disappointment. For sure. Chris Paul's had a lot of postseason disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike D'Antonio has had a lot of postseason disappointment. And they lose this game. They're probably going to lose the series. So... Yeah, they they need to win this basketball game tonight if you're the Houston Rockets. So, so that's that's sort of why I thought that the Raptors could win. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's so it's not, just, it's not just like the series on the line. It's like guys, 
the franchise, the team. Like, we're going to break this team up if you don't win type of deal. And I thought they'd respond. I'm worried. I don't love – I like the basketball games a lot better tomorrow, to be honest. Than Can I, I be do, honest uh, with you? Today. I'm going to be honest with you guys, right? I called out my cohort, Scott Engel, in the first 14 minutes of the show. Now I need to call you two out. You guys have the worst coach in NBA right now. Like, that guy needs to be replaced. Yes, he does. We did. We've seen it uh, firsthand. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, was almost, no it was almost an embarrassment. He looked like a juggler. Like, he was talking to the ref, like, doing, hey, it's double dribble with LeBron. Like, nobody listens to him. The refs don't take him seriously. He does, and you know what? He calls timeouts eight points before. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're getting th- – put a, call the timeout now. Not before these guys go on, like, a 12-0 run, Tony. He did everything wrong, man. Then everything. There's a similar situation going on in Philadelphia. Where I called out your boy, Chris Maney, who's from Canada, and I, I called out the whole country. I said, you Canadians don't know crap about basketball. <laughs> and, we invented and, it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. James Naismith invented yeah. Yes, a Canadian invented basketball. It happens. Sometimes <laughs> then you lose sight, right? You invented the first day and then you lost sight of it. <laughs> yes, I right. said, this guy, this guy in Philadelphia doesn't know crap about basketball. <laughs> and... The Celtics out coaching him, and when I see a nine-point so, underdog, how is that Canada's fault? <laughs> I laid the lumber. I laid the lumber. I laid the lumber on the Celtics plus nine. I have not bet on the Celtics in the first two games of the series. When you see them win two games and severely out coach the Philadelphia situation, and then get nine, what the hell are these people in Vegas doing? I think they can That's win. the first thing we said on the show today, yeah. Tony. We go, what, what? We play, make our own spreads, right? Four and a half was, was the number. Yeah, 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 Nine, nine. We're getting four and a half points. I'm with you. The first thing I did when I logged on the computer because I forgot my bag here because I was wasted last night was click Boston. That's exactly what we did. So me and me and Cam got caught up with the Toronto Raptors. We did. But look, Steve Merrill's not a Raptor fan. I mean, he's yeah. a professional handicapper, and he liked the Raptors. Yet you you know you've been cashing money and you know, life's good man betting on the Cleveland Cavaliers this week people taking yeah. up on the money line. I can't believe the Philadelphia 76ers are nine point favorites and I can't, <laughs> I believe can't either. Cleveland, I can't believe the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. are only four and a half point favorites back on. Like how could the Raptors be seven point favorites but the Cavs are only four, four and, and a half, half home? <laughs> I, I I don't get it. Like it's the craziest thing when you think about basketball. We talk about it all the time with teasers, right? And you guys pointed a couple teasers to me and I'm like. You know what? Betting basketball teases basketball teases is crazy, stupid. right? It's yeah. actually stupid. Like tonight, though, how do you not bet Golden State and Houston and think you got an automatic win? Or you could just money. We'll do the math. You could either so Golden State's minus five and Houston's minus yeah. four and a half. Or we could take Golden State parlayed minus two twenty money line with Houston Rockets. Teasers blow. Teasers do, but why don't you just take the both on the money line? Played the teaser last night and lost. Yeah, because the Toronto and Boston won outright. We didn't even need the damn teaser. It's kind of like what you said with football and points. Screw it. Teasers are just, they look so good. And that guy told us, hey, man, I remember I interviewed that guy, my old bookies. Like, thank God for teaser players. It's keeping me in business when I get absolutely pummeled. And the guy in Vegas says he keeps the lights on. Teasers are a two team, uh, it's a two team parlay at minus money. Exactly. I mean, if you need two things to happen, you want to be getting plus money uh, with it. That's the problem with uh, with teasers. Yeah, I I don't get the lines. I don't get the lines. And I think some people. You know, I, I just don't get it. I don't see how you don't take the Cleveland Cavaliers I've, tomorrow. I bet a lot by common sense, and I just disregard, like, all the trends and things like that. Yeah. And, like, I don't see, in this NBA playoffs in the last week, I don't see a lot of common sense. You're right. 
You're absolutely right. Like, we were giving, like, we even said, give, like, give Cleveland the, no, no, owns. Let's go back. Yes, Cleveland yes, yes. owns Toronto. So here's the part I don't get. Yeah. If they made the Lions three and a half of those two games, right? Would that have cha- I think it would have been 50 50 on those games. But when you put Cleveland a seven point underdog, like anyone with any common sense had to take the seven points. I, t- I told people last night, I did the show, right? I'm like, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know who's going to win, but I know what? Yeah. I'm taking the yeah. seven. And I'm an yeah, idiot. No, and you're not taking a seven because I didn't even lay the points. Not, not yeah, just that. Not just that, Marenzi. Going back to the shows, whatever. You said it, and we both said it. The, the Toronto Raptors were minus 200 when this series started, or 225. <laughs> so they were basically over a two to one favorite Dear against God. Cleveland, and they're down two to nothing in the series now. On Sunday night when it opened, you yeah, get my, the Cavaliers at plus 185. Yes, correct. You believe that? Unbelievable, man. That's and I do. And even, even Boston, you grabbed a piece of the Celtics uh, series. I did. Game. Yeah, I should have done the same oh. with Cleveland, but I'm an idiot. And even yesterday, even going into the game yesterday, Boston were still like plus 200 to win the series. And I knew. I even said, "I right, they're going to win. They're Boston are going to win the series." So, uh, people, I'm the real deal. I did exactly what I said last night. You did. I, it's going to be Boston I, and Cleveland. No, I didn't bet. I just enjoyed the game. <laughs> that little midget Kevin Hart. I like to. I like to. I like to shiz all over his face. And when he was up 22 and he's, he's dancing around guy. the satellite time, I'd like him to get on his knees and let me jizz all over his face because that, that would be more than winning any money. <laughs> you said it, though. Everyone's talking about Drake. Kevin Hart is just as annoying. As, as, no, he's as, more. This guy, he's this more. Guy, he's Mr. Entertainment now. He like, came to it. our arena and acted like an a-hole. <laughs> Well, at least you won in the end. And yeah. This is the thing. The celebrity fan thing's getting out of hand. It's really really way out of hand. I'm sick it of it. Way out I don't want. Actually, it makes me hate them more. Like if I just disliked you before, now I see them at the game. It's like just cool. You know, it down, my, my my deal one with Kevin Hart is, and I I have nothing against Kevin Hart. No. But my deal is no. Like he tried to get on the stage. Remember, like the podium yeah. with the yeah. Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. You're not a player. It's like, dude, yeah, <laughs> it's not your. I moment. called like, out, like the other, like when. Him doing. I that. called out like, Monty Wahlberg cool. for showing up in Milwaukee. Yeah, I called him like out. He, I said yeah. that was like that was if ridiculous. He's, if he's at an award show and he's getting an Oscar or something like that, is it cool if the Eagle players come up and yeah, exactly? Sort of, hey man, or would he say, "Hey yo, I'm kind of working here right now," right? I mean, that's the thing that these celebrities, these fans, celebrity fans don't get. These players are working. It's their job, man. Yeah, like, you know, like Kyle Lowry, like Drake's talking to these guys during the game and stuff. It's like, dude, when you're in the studio recording, is is it cool? Is, is Kyle Lowry going to come yeah. down and bother you? Show <laughs> up and bang yeah. four chicks on the on the head, on the uh, yeah. key, you know on the board. Yeah, and start telling like start telling <laughs> yeah. other rappers how they suck and stuff like that. And, yeah, like, no. you know what I mean. Like, yeah, like they're at work. These guys don't. Hey, care, like, backup singer, high E there. Hit your E. No, you, you're you're a, you're a disgrace. Like, the whole thing is a mess. This whole thing is a mess. Like, basketball has become better than it. it's come like a sort of a gang war. That's why That's why the uh, – I got to uh, – I don't know how to sugarcoat this. The white business public sometimes can't refrain on the NBA. <laughs> I don't know how to refrain <laughs> I got Drake. I got who was the guy from Philadelphia? What was the guy's name that flew in the helicopter? Meek 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 Mill. Meek Mill. Meek Meek Mill. Mill. I got mocking mock. Like these are the people that are frequent in the NBA and acting like a holes. 
Thank God I don't have to watch that damn Wahlburgers anywhere. That was the shittiest show on, on television. Like, that show sucked. That represented my community, and you just say it sucks. <laughs> I mean, That's sucked. my community. I, That's where yeah, I grew I up. Tony, that I don't care. <laughs> Wahlburgers blows. 20 bucks? Like, I want to cross the street. It's so overrated. I was at the game. I was at the game, and uh, I didn't see Drake. I didn't notice no. him. Like where really? we were sitting, yeah, I, I the NBA know. had a chat with him. Maybe he went, uh, so he went somewhere else. We don't know. Yeah, like I said, there were people standing up and stuff. I couldn't tell like where it was. We were we were kind of at a weird angle our seats, so I think he was sort of like below us somewhere. But um, it was a strange view we had last night. I kind of liked it actually. Uh, I thought I, I thought we had a good section. We had a good lot of good people there. We were pounding drinks. They were friendly. I, I, yeah, every, everything went sour in the third quarter. Yeah, we, we I get some close serious enough, issues. But we weren't... One of the four of you uh, went Trust to the me, game. I've got, I've got a lot of issues. Trust me. Yeah, one of the four of you <laughs> yeah. went to a game, and I spent a lot of time last night looking at the website of one of the four of you, and neither two of you are on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it's you, Sonny. Yeah, we didn't uh, we'll, 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 we'll narrow it down. It's not you, Sonny. <laughs> I'm just, you know. Speaking of which, honest. I believe. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Speaking Tony. of which, I believe did uh, did Taylor Stevens lose power? She did. What happened? She just her power just went out. I see. Really? Does she live? Wow. In, does she live in the same? Uh, uh, no, I can't say that. But does she live in the same building as you? No, not that. No, actually, no. She's kind of like the distance between my place the other way to the studio. She's like uh, thirty minutes outside of town. Outside, uh, oh, okay. outside. Yeah. Of, uh, okay. She's outside of the, the GTA. This day, this day, though, and this this trip just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? For everybody, sure does, Gabe. It's like <laughs> the only thing I wanted to when I came like, back was, a, was, a, was, was a piece of chicken. I know, man. Like you know, piece I know of how chicken. somehow <laughs> I know. Honestly, we got everything left over. Game. Somehow, just going to a basketball game turns into a total, total train wreck. It so, always is. You know Every I mean? time we do something, and something gets lost, somebody gets hurt. Yeah, people, our teams lose and people, we're broke. People like, arguing, losing yeah. things. Uh, I melted down last night in yeah. the middle of the night. No uh, way about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had someone telling me that you might have called them drunk once in a while. I didn't last night because my phone was off. I know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, you're not going to tell you something. This phone I found off out is today. really saving you I'll a lot. I, I tell you what, not having a phone is probably the best way to go. Honestly, oh, yeah, no phone has improved your life right. tenfold. I found awesome. out today, listen to Carlton, right? There's an app that will protect you from uh, drunk texts because I have a few women that when I get drunk, I really tell them how I feel. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I need this app. I need this app. I didn't know it was available. So how, do, how, does, how does the app work? Like, yeah. it, what, what does it do? How does it know It asks you a like, series what? of questions you have to answer while you're drunk. And it won't let you text unless you go through the yeah. questions? Yeah. Say you ace the test and you're still wasted. Yeah. yeah. It uh, doesn't sound you like a tough barrier, there. Tony. No, no, no. I think they make sure that, like, the questions only if you were sober you can answer. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things. Uh, Booze handles people differently. You never know. I'd like, like to uh, you know what? We should try this game. We should try it. I if used you to were to go to a casino ago. in Atlantic City and wanted to put money in your po- in Donald Trump's pocket, which casino would you answer? That's a tough one. Harris. Right? No, no. no it's not Harris. Trump no. Casino. Taj yes. Yeah. Mahal. <laughs> Well, no, he's not drunk. I, I, I'm it's absolutely Trump Casino. <laughs> 
And there's no polka tables there, so why would you go there? He owns a Taj Mahal, Marenzi? He did. He did. He oh, did. He, he did. sold okay. it, yeah. yeah. He has a Trump. He has a Trump where – I didn't tell you guys uh, this story. I don't know if I told you guys the story. I well, wanna... It's like in Vegas, Trump Tower. He doesn't uh, – yeah. it's crazy how he became president, yet – the Nevada Gaming Board didn't trust him enough to give him a gaming license. That's a great point. But, that, but that's not <laughs> like totally just... true. Like, him and Stevie Wynn have a, a feud, and so Stevie Wynn owns the Las Vegas Gambling Board and didn't let Trump get the, the whole Well, thing basically, they, they said to him, they said, listen, yeah. you filed bankruptcy too many times in past casinos. Yeah. You know, you can build you know, build a hotel if you want, but we're not giving yeah. you, you're not, you're not getting a casino. So I want a so national. He, he, he could have reapplied wanna, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I won a national fantasy football contest. I got ten grand cash, and the other prize was I went to Las Vegas for the week and hung out with a bachelor. The bachelor winner was from England, and we stayed at Trump's <laughs> casino in Las Vegas, which they had no games in there. And we went you hung to out with uh, the bachelor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we you went won to party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And th- this guy's the great, and I still have his number on my cell phone. And this guy's the greatest guy in the world, right? So we went to uh, those former owner of the Sacramento uh, Kings. We went to their place in Vegas, Maloof. which is Maloof. the, the Maloofs. We went to their bar, yeah. and he got attacked on the elevator. And he said, "You want to go? You want to just go back to the bar of your place? I'm not into this this shit." Like he had 20 girls. They would have fellatiated him on the uh, on the elevator, but he he kind of was against it. And he, he the whole thing about the whole bachelor and everything, and like uh, now he's uh, dedicated his life to raising money to African uh, charities. And uh, Matt Grant so is his name. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, the, real deal. Know, the bachelor. So he said he yeah. yeah he didn't want to get harassed by all these floozies in Vegas. No, yeah, he he, uh, he could have had oral sex right there on the elevator. It would have been a three minute job. <laughs> and uh, like he turned it down. That's, that's like being Superman or refusing to fly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's not me. Cam, That's not Cam, me uh, either. Cam's got to get out of here in a couple of minutes. I do want to give so. you guys, there's a horse race coming up at Churchill Downs Race 11. No I've way. actually done, uh, I, I, I'm doing a little bit of uh, underdog watching here. I like the 13-horse Eskimo Kisses with Corey Lannery at 15-1 to 1 right now. Uh, great potential to finish top three in the race, Gabe. I'm also going to take the San Jose Sharks at plus 135 and the Boston Bruins at minus 116 in basketball. Tony, let's ride your wave with the Rockets tonight and see how that works out because Tony's been nailing the NBA, Gabe, and you've been nailing NHL Tony. Totals, buddy. I hope you got something for me. Who do you got tomorrow on the Derby before you go? I got uh, Magnum Moon. The like 16 that. horse. The 16 horse. Yeah, 7 to 1. Magnum Moon. Good feeling about this horse. I'm on Audible. I'm on the 5 horse. You know, the Florida Derby. I always, I always yeah. take the Florida it's Derby. Good, I've been doing it for yeah. years. And the yeah. last couple of years, it's getting trendier because it's been two years in a row. Always dreaming, yeah. Two years in a row, the Florida Derby winner is one. So, I like Audible. But the lone sailor is my long shot pick. 50, 50 to, to 1. one. Wow, that's a big dog. He's on fire. The 10 horse. We'll go over some numbers on the other side here, Tony. But the 10 horse says at uh, 30 to 1. Uh, I think this horse has a uh, The 10 post has finished in the money 29% yep. of the time, man. Hey, listen. In Kentucky Derby history. Cam's leaving. Don't be bitches and leave like Cam. Stay.